He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute! I know you! Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce... myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down! You're excited! Feel these nipples! That boy is good! Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Tuesday, May 3rd, here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, a.k.a. The Big X, where for the next three hours we'll be having one Trevor Kelsey breaking down his thoughts on Roe v. Wade. (laughs) Don't get me started on that. (laughs) Secrecy on the Supreme Court. All of his thoughts coming to you for the next two-plus hours. It's going to be a fantastic oh, yeah. show. We want to hear from you as well uh, on the Thornton Stacks line. No, we're not going to talk about that. I'm as passionate about that as I am Arby's. I'm sure you are. Uh, we're going to get into that in just a second as well. Uh, we want to hear from you today. This is a It's a perfect text line show. I, I know we always try to hit up the text line as much as possible because, look, it's your show as well. It's not just Mike and Trevor and whoever else, Gary, Troy, Keith. It's not just our show. Scoots. Scoots. TJ. TJ showed up yesterday. He's a track today. We didn't get to the track. You didn't show up yesterday? Nick Roush. We had TJ in the house. We did. We had Scoots in the house. Roush is just too cool. I'm and he's the only Louisville fan out of the group. <laughs> he is. None of them showed up. But we want to hear from you today. It's a good text line day because there's no major topic, I think, commanding the conversation. So text us at 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. Uh, we love Thornton's. Hit them up every single day at one of their uh, 8,517 area locations. They're everywhere for a reason. It's because they have the best prices on gas, the best inside service that you're going to find at any gas station in this area or any other area, and download that Refreshing Rewards app today. They're the only place I know that has as many locations as it has been days since we lost to UK in basketball. 8,147. Something like that. I yeah. think that's what I said. I, I don't know. I, don't I, know. Was, I yeah. can't even keep track anymore. <laughs> All we know is popping up every day. Like that. Oh, oh, there goes another one. All we know, it, it's large. Yeah. It's a, you know The first Thorntons came about, I think, around the same time that we lost last lost to Kentucky in men's basketball, which was <laughs> the, the Coolidge administration. It's been a long time, long time, and that's why there's so many Thorntons, and that's why there's so many Louisville fans around here and not Kentucky fans. When was the Coolidge administration? The last time we lost to Kentucky in men's basketball. <laughs> you don't know the year, do you? I, I don't know the year, no. 20 to 24. Look at you. <laughs> I, I, Calvin Coolidge. I'm taking your word for it. I'm not going to check it out. How do you know that? I don't know. First of all, is that how, right? How, how does a rainbow work? How does the positive tractors work on a car? Such it is, just does. Such is Trevor. <laughs> Calvin Coolidge was the the no you're wrong. Well, it was, he, he was there at twenty, wasn't he? No. When was Calvin Coolidge there? I, at some point, I'm gonna have to stop to like taking your word for stuff because at some you, point. You, when did you start? You say things so confidently. He was in office from 1916 to 1919. 
Oh, I thought Chris Swartz. No, 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 no. I take it back. Um, oh, yeah. Take it back. Oh, yeah. Look at this. He was. This should be easier to find. He was the president of the United States from. Okay. Well, you. Nineteen twenty one through nineteen twenty nine. Ah, I was thought he came in. I thought he went in at twenty and only did one term. My bad. No, but you so so technically, yeah, kind of right. I just know he's president when my grandmother was born. There you go. She was born in twenty two. So. I mean, that's still, I'm still impressed. <laughs> You're better than I did. That's fine. <laughs> the Masters tournament began in nineteen thirty four. It did. And the British Open began in eighteen sixty. It did. <laughs> Incredible! I might never forget that stat. Incredible! Uh, the, the things that stick with you and the things that don't will just never cease to oh, amaze me. It's, it, 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 I mean, scientists have been like contacting me for years to try to like to figure these things thing out. Now let's address the elephant in the room right off the bat oh, because yesterday, call me an elephant. Yesterday, <laughs> we were at the Blind Squirrel. Yes. Lovely food was fantastic. By the way, did you what did had you, my food what when I came you, home? What would you take? Home? The mac and cheese bacon burger. Oh, uh, see, I went with the beer cheese. The, I, I love a good beer cheese burger. It was good. It was good. I saw the description of the mac and cheese bacon burger. I thought I got to give this bad boy a try. It was delicious. I've got some left for tonight. I know that that doesn't compute with you. Oh no, it computes because I have, you have left. Oh dude? no, do I have? I have tons left. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of food. I mean, I, well, it I, is I, a lot I, of go. No, my burger, my burger's gone. But now I ordered the mountain nachos. Were they mountainous? I mean, you have no idea. I should have taken a picture of this and sent it to you. Everest. Like it was. They put it like a giant, like the the the. What's not metal, but the uh, tinfoil pan. Oh. Like, this isn't like in a little like to go place. That's how you know when you don't get the plastic, you know it's a big deal. I mean, I opened this thing up, and I mean, it looked like one of those like a serving tray of a side dish you get at a catering job. I should have gotten that. I mean, it was huge, and I got the pretzel, pretzel sticks with the with the beer cheese. Good lord, you just took blind squirrel for every penny they were giving. <laughs> I love the, the server. He goes, "Would you like the four or six piece?" I just looked at him. I was like, "Seriously, you know?" I mean, it's like, you really have to have Scoot just start laughing. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> so, the downside to that though, you texted me last night. Was, did I text you? I don't remember. Did I? You did. Because <laughs> I responded with the a long night. <laughs> I responded with the Uncle Charles. Uh, oh yeah, bone thugs, yes, crossbones, yes, yes. of 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 him dying, which you did not respond to. Um, but it was let me get the text. <laughs> it was last night at ten twenty eight p.m. Beer, cheese, burger, nachos, <laughs> and pretzel sticks from Blind Squirrel. The RB streak is officially over. <laughs> yeah. And then you just had P.S. Bleep the Yankees. <laughs> okay, um, three to two to the Yankees. So that the, was to pass on to your buddy, uh, buddy. Dimaggio, <laughs> rest easy tonight. He'll get a great night of sleep out there in the afterlife. Knowing that his streak is is no longer in jeopardy, the Trevor's Arby streak has come to an end at 15 glorious days, solid 15, big round number to to go home on. You now you have started a new streak. You have Arby's in studio right <laughs> yeah. now, which kind of defeats the purpose of when I was on the show yesterday saying I think this needs to end for your well being. I'm kind of glad that we have an excuse. It ended, but now you're right back on the train. Well, I mean, <laughs> you get right back on that horse. You're right, right back on the meats. I mean, I, I just. If we if we weren't on remote, the streak may have never ended. Well, it's like saying if they had had bad weather, Dimaggio's hit streak would have gone through 125. It was 56, but <laughs> I know he would have never stopped. Had a bad uh, bad weather game. Was that was the game canceled or something? I mean, no, just it was tough conditions. Tough conditions, though. Okay, a lot of wind. Uh, so, well, I mean, quite possibly. I mean, we got it. We now have set the bar at uh, at 15. Now we know where we're at. Well, let's not. Be, I, I, no, for for the for your well being. 
let's not turn this into a game <laughs> where you're a trying to, to clear the bar for it's Arby's. Not, it's not like I, I'm a competitive person or anything. Either. I know that's, that's, that's makes that's, me nervous. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't like that. I don't. I don't like where your head is right. I will. I will like eat Arby's whether I like it or not. Hell, I'll buy it whether even if I don't feel like eating it just to beat the fifty six. I know you will, and I don't. I don't like that. I do, I do. I am a little odd, a little upset though that Arby's hasn't reached out to us for sponsorship. It's about time. I mean, it's, I mean, at least give me some free food. Where is, where is Arby's headquartered? Is the question? Um, uh, Montana. Uh, Sandy Springs, Georgia. Damn, just off. <laughs> Same part of the country. I was in the continental <laughs> USA. Sandy, Sandy Springs, Georgia. Where, where is it? Is it's, it? it's basically Atlanta. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Oh, we had a texter sent something about that to us. I think at one point said that someone. I think someone of our texters from Atlanta said that that was down there. Well, somebody needs to make a play because we're doing all sorts of RB business up here. Oh yeah. And well, I mean, I don't know if I can expect them because I still had that now hiring for all shifts sign for, ever since the streak began at the Arby's I go to. So I don't know. If they, I mean, and they apparently got extra money to hand out. So send some our way. Yeah, I'm with you. There was a new guy at the window I hadn't seen today. Apparently that sign has worked, though. What do you mean? Well, I mean, they apparently did hire somebody new because there's a new guy at the window oh, today. Oh, there you go. So I guess the sign did work. Um <laughs> Texture says for Trevor's love of, of food in the city of Louisville, it made me sad that he never ate a lot of local spots. At, at a lot of local spots, let the blind squirrel be your jumping off point for trying many great Louisville restaurants. Text me anytime for recommendations, Trevor. It, it's a fair point. I mean, we live in this this city that a lot of people nationally refer to as one of the better foodie cities in America. I would agree. And I mean, we have multiple Arby's. You talk. Pretty much every day about what you've you've eaten, whether it's to me or on air, typically both. Or watched. Yes. And it's a lot of fast food. It's a lot of chain (laughs) restaurants. It's not a whole lot. We need to, local restaurants, start dedicating it. Trevor tries it needs to become the the new thing is is you trying local food. I mean, I'm okay with that. There's a lot to offer here locally outside of the big Montana from Arby's or the double roast beef from Arby's. Yeah. It's time to get them confused now. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, you're the double, you're the double roast beef. I'm the big Montana. Over I'm here. not anything. I, I'm not, <laughs> I am neither of those things, <laughs> but we need some local. And look, we'll chip in a little bit. We, we don't know. We're not asking we you to donate food for free. Uh, hey, local restaurateurs out there. I know you, every chef in the city listens to the Mike Rutherford show. I mean, I, somebody I, step up. This is a good way to get some publicity. Trevor tries it. He's going to try your food. He's going to get those taste buds, those new taste buds popping. Now, this also depends on what's on your menu, too. Because remember, I'm. I, you I, are picky, but every restaurant has something that you would eat. Yeah, I mean, if you, do you have meat? Yes. Do you have cheese? Yes. Do you have my, my loyalty? Yes. Texas says, Trevor, he has the bleeps. <laughs> That's a good text. Good text. Uh, Texas says, Trevor, give I want to get that on a t-shirt, actually. We can make that happen. <laughs> Those t-shirt hooligan people. Yeah, us up. come on. Home Field Apparel, make something happen. I uh, a picture of me on the front and on the back says, he has the bleeps. I would love for Home Field Apparel to start selling this shirt for like the 15 people that go to that website that would like recognize what it was and what it was about. Everybody else is like, what? Why is this right next to the Mike Golick shirt? Uh, Texas says, Trevor, give your toilet a break. It's been through enough the past two weeks. Oh, man, it, it's been, it, yeah, it has been kind of rough. Not even denying it, just leaning into it. Oh, no, it. no, it's been, yeah, it's been a rough one. It's a rough one, Mr. Grinch. Texas says, challenge Trevor to go to a different drive-thru without repeating before the show as many days in a row as he can. 
Say, you have to lay that out in layman's terms for me. Yeah, I don't really understand. Tell us, go to a different drive-through without repeating before the show as many days in a row. How oh, many days okay. in a row could you go to a different drive-through? Ooh, well, I mean, they're, 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 the problem is, is we have there are you know circumstances. One it has to be in the area where I'm leaving and headed to. I honestly don't think we've gone a week where you haven't gotten the same thing. Also, at we've least got, once. and you also got to remember like. I'm leaving my house at like maybe two ish, so like I need something that's going to be somewhat no line and swift, which is why a lot of times McDonald's gets eliminated, uh, Wendy's gets eliminated, White Castle is not even in competition. Um, I can't eat taco. I don't want to. I love Taco Bell, but I don't want to bore the show because it it gives me too much of the toots. So I don't. I don't want to do that to you. You You're welcome. There's a very fancy Arby's in Richmond, and somebody just sent in a. What's defined as a fancy Arby's? I'll have to show you. I mean, it's very fancy. <laughs> okay. I mean, let me show you a picture. Like, It's got like, look at this. Look at these employees. These are the happiest employees you've ever seen in your life. They've got glass windows for the food. It it looks like a real restaurant okay, in there. Yeah. We need to do a remote show there. Can you imagine an Arby's like, with like a server? Like, <laughs> I can and I am. And I now think that we need to do a remote show in Richmond, Virginia from this Arby's. Hey, that's where the, uh, the, uh, the Bieber Bucky is. The what? The the new uh, the fly- gas station. The yeah, the, the the Flying J gas station. Everybody. No, I thought it. that was a Texas thing. Yeah, but no, that's the, that was the thing. They moved one in Richmond. Okay, well, we can hit up there that's, too. That's why. That's why I brought it up originally was because I was wondering why the hype was about people of Richmond, Virginia. Reach out to us. Well, Richmond, Kentucky. No, I, this is Richmond, Virginia. Oh, okay. No, the Bucky's is in Richmond, Kentucky. Well, I don't care about Bucky's is out now. All right, we're going right. to Richmond. Sorry, Vir- we're going to Richmond, Virginia. We're doing a remote from Fancy Arby's. And that's that. I got some. I got family in Richmond, Virginia. They will stay with them. Yeah, we, can stay we with don't them. need to explain to these people why we're doing a Louisville sports loosely radio show from an Arby's in Richmond, Virginia. We we're can, just going to do it. We can bring up White Castle there, and they'll be like, "What? Yeah, they don't have it there." I can't wait. They have Crystal, but we're not eating Crystal. Crystal's no, we're not. We're, we're, we're not going to do that. Um, we've got plenty to get to today that actually has sports related. Oh. The big thing. I mentioned there's not like an overwhelming, gigantic topic. We do have a, a couple of things that I think have, have sort of dominated the local conversation. One, we got Louisville baseball in action tonight. Rivalry game against Vanderbilt. Yep. First pitch has been moved from 7 o'clock to 6 o'clock. It's in Nashville this year, uh, but it will be on the SEC network, so you can watch it if you have. But hurry up home to see that. Yeah, pretty much any sports package, you should be able to get the SEC network, and you should be able to watch the cards tonight. Hopefully continue their recent run of relative success against Vanderbilt, at least in the regular season. Uh, we currently lead the Battle of the Barrel series 5-4. to four. Would love to keep it here. Remember, it was close. I brought that up yesterday. Yeah, we won 7-2 to two last year, last time we played. Gotcha. So let's let's make this a thing. Let's, let's keep this going. That would be nice. You also had a story, kind of a, a cool story that I want to talk about today about Tim Corbin, the Vanderbilt head coach, and I'm sure you remember this, the Luke Smith game in the College World Series a few years ago where he famously – Dropped the F-bomb like five times in slow motion on camera. Yeah, it was great. And I couldn't I, remember the picture, but yeah. Yeah, and, and I hadn't realized that he and Tim Corbin after that have formed this sort of friendship, um, which which is cool. And I, I want to talk about that. The bigger thing that I think people have been talking about today is the whole Amani Bay situation. Saw that. And we touched on it briefly yesterday, but I'd like to dive more into it today because, look, it, it's looking – I don't want to say likely that he becomes a Louisville Cardinal, but there's a Ooh. strong chance that he's a Louisville Cardinal. Well, I mean, 
for reasons that we can get into. I mean, we made the we, we there's still but five other teams on that list with us. I mean, well, there's six teams on the list. I think only two of them are actually recruiting Imani Bates. So, <laughs> please say Eastern Michigan's one of them. They are and, okay, and DePaul's the other one. So <laughs> that's where we are. So we're gonna talk about why wow. that is. And whether or not Ooh, that's, this, this, this kind of sucks, <laughs> I, we're going to get into it uh, right. because I think there are a lot of angles here, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. But we, we we're going to read a few more texts. We'll, we'll talk about that in segment number two here. Uh, Texas, can you really get Trevor to branch out and try our food scene with decent feedback when you know he won't eat ninety eight percent of what these restaurants offer? Well, no, it's, well, just but a good burger is a good burger. Yeah, I you, mean, the burger last night blend scroll was good. Exactly. I, I think most places have an option, whether they have burgers or not. That's sort of a, a bland, straightforward thing. Yeah, I like chicken. I like. Uh, I mean, I, I, I like uh, like uh, Alfredo. I like Alfredo. There you go. I don't like spaghetti though. I'm not a big tomato fan. You don't like spaghetti? Well, I'm just not a big. I'm very picky on my spaghetti because I don't like. I like my sauce very, very, very light. Okay. My mom is the only one that can make the spaghetti I like. Actually. Okay. That's a very like seven year old thing to say, but. <laughs> She puts kind my of hot dogs in it. <laughs> my mom's buttered noodles are the only ones I like. I mean, Freddie's no, noodles. She just knows the right like amount of sauce. I like because I'm I'm very light sauce. When I get pizza, I'm like light sauce. I had one time I ordered a pizza with no sauce, and they called me just to verify that I actually hit the right button. And they were like, "You do know this is just like a giant cheese stick, right?" And I'm like, "Yep, that's what I want." All right, extra pepperoni, extra cheese, extra sausage. I like Ross has done some legwork here on the text line because we were mentioning uh, Pierce Clarkson yesterday. His comments about. There's a big commit coming. Yeah, how Bronny James is signed with Louisville. But yeah, Trevor's already declared that it's Bronny James. <laughs> yeah. But we were looking at California-born players in the 2023 class, and maybe we were going about this all wrong because our guy Ross has done some investigating. And Trace Jackson Davis, who has a decision to make in Indiana, of course. Is he going to leave? Is he going to come back? He's from Long Beach. Is he really? Yes. I didn't know that. What's where he was born. Okay. His, he played high school basketball in Indiana. His dad was probably, I guess, with the Lakers or something at the time, I assume, maybe. Still. Yeah. There's a Cali connect. I don't know if he left there when he was one years old or two years old or three years old or maybe, I don't know, 12 years old, but he's born in California. So maybe that's what it is. I like Ross's thinking. All right. I'll t- I would. <laughs> right. Message boards go crazy. Love. TJD in the mix. You, I mean, I, you know how much I, I was a huge fan of his, of his papa. He's a hell of a player. And I, I don't think he's coming here, but that would be very, very cool. His dad actually was with the power forward when we had Rick Smith. Seven foot four Rick Smith on the Pacer roster. Yet Dale Davis did our jump ball. Texas says, it's good to know that I'm more of a heathen than Trevor as he draws the line at Taco Bell rather than Arby's because you're oxygen welfare, Mike. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. What can I say? Texas says, Mike, I'm weighing in. Oh, oh here we go. This is from yesterday. Mike, I'm weighing in here as a middle school teacher. You handled the playground bully perfectly. I did not think that's where that was going. Told you. Due to the pandemic, not only were children emotionally and socially stunted, but in some cases there were actual regressions. So simple things we think kids know not to do, they will do. You have to be totally direct and immediate when you address the behavior. That's what you did. Bravo. All right. With the exception of the pandemic, which probably had no effect on it, I I think these nailed it. Well, my mom's a teacher, and she says the same thing. She's like, kids, it's been – everything's different than it was three years ago. And, like, it's – that stuff has an effect on kids. Things we screwed up on the pandemic. Well, I mean, we didn't handle it well. <laughs> no, look no. across the country, look across the world. Who we didn't did. See, who didn't see that coming? Well, we, yeah, we, we didn't do the best. 
Some other countries, I think, have had well a topic. We'll get in that right after the Roe v. Wade. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Samuel Alito. Hour five. MZR point 2.0 on the Rutherford show. Texas says now the deal breaker for Trevor trying local spots may be him actually having to go to the place to get it. Will they bring it out to my car? We can work on that. It's, this is like structuring an NIL deal for you. You'd be the you would have the highest maintenance NIL deal of all time. No. Well, what I'm not a big fan of like I want a car. I want a blue car. <laughs> I want heated seats. I want leather. No, I don't want heated. I hate heated seats. I want no heated seats. Yeah. In no situation should those seats be remotely warm. I borrowed a friend's car who had heated seats, and he didn't. I didn't realize it, and like he didn't tell me he left the seat heater on. So for like a day, I'm driving around wondering why my butt was sweating like like a you know bleeping in church. Texas says I can't wait to see the Arby's logo on the jerseys this year. <laughs> every every player's name is just meats on the back. A different meat. <laughs> I mean, we got 13 players, 13 meats. <laughs> Tyrese Hunter's like I, I wouldn't have bleeping signed here if I knew my name was going to say curly fries on the back. <laughs> why my jalapeno poppers? This is ridiculous. What am I a walk on? <laughs> Texas is great to see uh, both of you at the blind scroll yesterday. I really like the show. Funny and informative. Uh, I appreciate I mean, I, I think a lot of people right. would push back on, <laughs> on on both of those, but appreciate it. It was cool seeing everybody out at the blind scroll. I know remotes are a little bit uh, hectic. I, I did like – we. I filmed the little commercial that I do every week with uh, our guy Jay. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was Tuesday, saying yeah. – Yeah, and he was saying he tuned in, and he was – he listened to – one segment of the show and then stay through the commercial break. And then the next segment was the one that started with you with the actual good mic. And Jay was like, when I heard him, I was like, is my brain doing something weird? Like, <laughs> he's like, I could have sworn Trevor was sounding like, like he was doing this out of a tin cup before. And now he sounds perfectly. Was it me the whole time? I like, it was messing throat. with my mind a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was fun. I, the Bond Squirrel people were great. I assume I know you stayed for the EJ. Yeah, Clark EJ show did afterwards. his show, which was a good time. They stayed for an hour, and uh, he had uh, some guests on, including um, I want to say he had like a I, I didn't hear the name of the jockey. He had I think Corey Santos there. was going to be there. Was that it? Was okay. Um, I'll take your word for it. Um, and then he had some uh, some other like uh, I think he had one of the owners, one of the horses there, or one of the trainers. I think was there. I knew that they were going to have a, a star-studded guest list, and I was pointed out that uh, like a, a former. Uh, catcher for the 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 braves was there oh really uh or the Do- or maybe it was the dodgers i forget who uh scoots pointed him out and told me his name and mike piazza was at the ej clark show? wasn't mike piazza i think i'd recognize mike piazza wow piazza was there <laughs> unreal you know he and will smith tied for the the fastest uh fewest at bats for a catcher to reach 50 home runs yes I, i'm aware of that He's gonna Will Smith's gonna break Johnny Bench's record of two hundred and sixty-five home runs by catcher. And now Piazza's coming to to remotes. At I really Bowl. don't know if that number's right or not. I'm just throwing it out. There. How did EJ feel about your Cyberknife pick? Um, probably not as good since the the, the people that were affiliated with the Derby Horse wasn't Cyberknife that was there. Uh, they were at the front table when I was apparently calling out Cyberknife as the favorite. <laughs> probably could have been a full Cyberknife, knife, not the favorite. Say <laughs> yeah. Don, I believe, is the, the morning line favorite. It was Barbaro or something. That was the people who were there that were affiliated with that horse. Oh, they like Barbara Road. Yes, Barbara Road, yeah. I keep wanting to say Barbara Ann. Ba, 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 Brian. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know why people are making fun of my, my... First of all, my clapping was not that bad in that video. The clapping's bad. No. It's it's way off beat. No, it's not. I'm on beat. I got the beat. Texas, I blame that eight-year-old's actions on masks. Yeah. <laughs> they ruined him. They ruined him. <laughs> Texas, any bids yet on Virginia's hat? Did you see that? Uh, I did. I can, can I, I, I'll, I'll 50 bucks right now for it. 
No. Oh, come on. We need more. We need more. She, you know, Virginia made a, a derby hat today at school. She modeled it. They put it on the little school app that they use. And I was like, you know, this looks like something they could sell at D's. Thirteen hundred bucks, actually one thousand two hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. <laughs> Buy it now. You can wear it on Saturday. If you're late, you know these derby hats. You gotta, you gotta get them or the fascinators. You gotta get them like three months in advance. The big stores here they sell out quick. And this is a this is a a local artist. She's self taught. Maybe had a little help from her teachers with cutting out the little horses, but disagree. That's just her staff. This is new age look. It's the most revolutionary take on the derby hat since the fascinator you have an open air front it's kind of like a you know you basically have no top which is is, is new what's the fascinator fascinators are like the you know they're, they're like the clip-on hats kind of oh I yeah i still don't know but okay i can't this is why doing radio with you on derby week is so rewarding <laughs> you know literally nothing about any <laughs> this derby is like thing. the first week of derby week i think i've done radio in like 10 years usually dugan just tells me to stay home this week that sounds about right He's just like, we're going to be in the morning. We're going to be going to the track, so we got to be out there earlier. Uh, it's Derby. This this is your vacation week, Trevor. Just go and take it. To answer the question, we're we're mulling over a variety of offers at this point. Eventually, we it's like an NIL deal. She's is she wearing like, a Derby shirt, too? Yeah, it says Virginia with the little silks. Oh. Crazy thing is, she wore the exact same shirt this time last year. She's... She's grown like a, a ton of inches. She hasn't gained any weight because she had this big old like baby belly last year. And, like the shirt could like barely fit over. We took it. She wore it to the track last year, and now it like fits perfectly after a year. She weighs. She weighed thirty three pounds last year. She weighs thirty three pounds this year. That's good. Unbelievable. She's just you know, no Arby's. That's what it does for you. I don't know. I think I may weigh the same as I did this point <laughs> last year. Staying away from Arby's does wonders. Um, <laughs> Texas LOL. His clapping was so bad. It really it was. was. How do you not, how do you think it wasn't that bad? I, I was with the, You're not on beat at all. I was with the rhythm right there. No, you were not. Yeah. Abby. Have you listened to it with the sound on? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I watched it. <sighs> I thought. I mean, other than the fact, I had like this, like you know, life goes on, quirky looking thing, thing going on. But I mean, other than that, I thought I was. I thought I was on beat. <laughs> Texas salami hits chorizo in the back of the end zone for six, which is the number of different meats you can get on any new RB sandwich. Mount Meat More, only eight ninety nine for a limited time only. The Meat More end zone. Uh, Texas, last question, and we'll, we'll 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 take a break and we'll talk about the Imani Bates stuff. Texas, if Trevor was going to Derby, what would he wear? You'd probably wear the only suit you have. If I don't wear my suit, I'd probably just wear some uh, just pull out the uh, the khakis and a, and a cop shirt. Khakis and polo. I mean, that's why I wore the, the Millionaires the Millionaires Rome. Rome Breeders' Cup. Yeah, was you seen the picture? That's, I, mean, I knew it was weird when the servers were looking down on me in my outfit. Like the the, the waiters were dressed better than I was. The the, the most embarrassing yeah. thing I've told you is when I went to Millionaires Row window and I said, "Give me two across the board." She thought I meant two hundred, <laughs> and I was like, "No, two dollars." She's like, she's, she's like singles. Like looking at me. I mean, I might as well just like asked to like. Like, just, like, date her mom or something. I'm like, just like, what What do you want? Yeah, $2. I'm trying to think of a time. Six total dollars. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a time where I've been more out of place than you were at Millionaire's Oh, Road. it was, yeah. It, I'm sure it's happened. I've been out of place many times in my life. But you wearing what you were wearing, because I've seen the picture, and making that bet, fish out of water. The only celebrity I met was the the, uh, the Tosh, uh, Tosh 2.0 ripoff guy on MTV. Oh, the, well, he had his own show. Rob Deerdeck? Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, because he, he had, was a kid. No, because he had he was a professional skateboarder, 
And then he launched that clothing line that made him like a millionaire. And then he had the Robin Big show with the Big Black who became a Louisville fan and then passed away a few years ago. And then now he's done Ridiculousness, which apparently is the only show that MTV ever plays anymore. I know. I, well, and I didn't know any of the other stuff you mentioned. I didn't know he's a skateboarder. Yeah. Um, but so was Jason Lee before he became an actor. And uh, But that's he's the only celebrity I met. And I felt bad because I didn't know who he was. Texas says the Kraken shirt. <laughs> Which one? I got like three. <laughs> the you know the, the blue one isn't has a derby feel to it. A little pastel action. Yeah, it does. Well, it's a light. The blue. green one's was is a uh, it's a uh, St. Patrick's Day version. I bought I bought I got a St. Patrick's Day Kraken shirt. Texas says one thing I learned from yesterday's show is that Mike and LeBron James were two members of the class of 2003, still at the top of their craft after all these years. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I'd say. Top of my crap. I think we're both missing the playoffs when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to that. But yeah, he's uh, he's like four months younger than I am. I was born in August '84. He's December of '84. Y'all were in the same. You're in the same, same recruiting class. class. Yeah. So I, I just, were you ranked ahead of him in baseball recruiting? Just, probably. It was just always it was always a nice constant reminder about how little I was doing with my life. You know, he's because we're, we're always the same age. I'm like, yeah, he's. I'm at Dayton, skipping class and drinking beer at one in the afternoon, and he's you know starting for the Cavs at 23. I was working at probably Circle K and uh, and Cardboard Heroes Combo. So you were doing better. And uh, yeah, actually, with the exception of the job, doing the same thing I'm, I did last night. Yeah, that sounds better. Right. Playing Madden in a different year, and yeah. so once again, you and, and LeBron and and myself, masters of consistency, like across m- multiple decades. Like, like, uh, let's, let's take a break. When we come back, let's, we'll dive into the Imani Bates stuff because th- there's a lot to address here, and I understand why there are so many differing opinions. So let's get into that. Imani Bates talk coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 961, The Big X. He's leaving, leaving. On that midnight train to Georgia. I feel like you've played this a bunch on the show, and I like it every time. I, I know never- I know I've played it at least once before, but it matched today's theme, so. Wow, mama, mama, the Friday nights with Susie wore her dresses tight. I like it. I always get into it. I like when you, you do know, it. more lyrics to this song than my buddy who went to the concert knows Elton John songs. Uh, you don't want, to, you, you don't want me to do that now. I saw Miss Lee. He's, he's wearing an Elton John shirt. I'm like, you even bought a shirt at the show? Good. And he still can't name five songs? Oh, God. Oh, that, that guy. That isn't DeLoopy? I forget. <laughs> De- 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 By the way, you mentioned that Jack Harlow really announced his uh, track list for his album. I that's saw that product, actually earlier. And one of his tracks is named Dua Lipa. Uh, is that like after some like a connection to DeLoopy? No, remember, like you you can't remember her name. You're like Dulup Dulupa. Oh, that wasn't her. Okay, my bad. Yeah, I figured it was her name. <laughs> he also has a track called Churchill Downs that features Drake, and a song with Justin Timberlake. I like the Justin Timberlake. I can't take. I can't imagine putting one something I hate and something I love together more than putting the name Churchill Downs next to Drake. 
Like I just do not like drinking noise the ever bejesus out of me. <laughs> well, so horrible. Well, Jack Harlow's a big fan, and having him on his album is a, is a big deal. Well, I'll remind people: first person to ever put Jack Harlow on the radio, right here. Really, Mike Rutherford. Played him on what he called in the show as a, as a listener? No, 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 no. Like I, so like like somebody had just texted me. And they were like, "I know you like rap. Check out this kid from Atherton High School." And sent me all like he used to have a bunch of like freestyle videos on YouTube, and I checked him out, and it was very good. So I would like followed him, started following him on social media, and he started putting out like some actual recorded songs. And the first song that he put out that was like professionally produced was called uh, "Every Night," and it was really good. I mean, he was obviously you know he's a seventeen year old rapping about seventeen year old things like going to Qdoba in the Highlands and stuff. But it's you could tell it was going to be good. And I remember telling, I told my wife, I was like. You watch. I was like, this kid's going to be a big deal. Like, it's this is going to be a thing. Like, he's going to be the next person from the city that goes out there and does something big. And so I told him, I was like, I'd love to play this on the radio. Do you have, like, an edited version or just an instrumental? And he sent it to me, and so we played it on the radio. Nice. And I said, you know, I was like, I'm calling it right now. Like, this is the next person from Louisville who's going to go out there and do big things. And he sent me these messages. that I think I posted them when his last album came out, just saying, like, just so you remember, the first person who did this. Does he follow you on Twitter? He did, and then he, and then he stopped. Oh no! This was like four years ago, though, like or like five years ago. This is before he like, you know, blew I'm gonna up. stop following. I don't follow him on Twitter. But I'm gonna, if I did, I would stop. That's okay. I did see the list. Uh, we've got Talk of the Town, which must be about us. Exactly. Uh, young Harleasy, which yeah. also about us. I mean, yeah, because doing the easy thing on your name is it's only been cool for like you know never. Uh, I'll do anything to make you smile. First class, which has to be about you. Well, that's the one that's out now, or one of the two that's out now. That's exactly. Uh, Dewey Loopy. Dewey Loopy. Uh, <laughs> then followed by the one about me, side piece. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we start with Pharrell. Yeah. Little secret. Little secret. Yeah. It should be a derby. You could have asked me which are derby horses and which are if this Jack had, Harlow songs. If this had come out yesterday, we would have played this <laughs> that game. Would have been derby perfect. horse or Harlow track. <laughs> it would have been a great segment. I'll be honest with you, little secret. I would have gone horse. I'm amazed that they haven't named a horse named Churchill Downs. Is that, is that allowed? Probably not allowed. That'd be awesome to do. Okay, let's. Uh, are you done? Can we get to the Amani Bates stuff? Because people, I'm sure, are flipping out. Because the text line just wants us to talk about Amani Bates. Nail Tech, I'm done. Okay, now Nail Tech's the other one that's out now. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I would have guessed horse on that one, too. So, the Amani Bates thing. It comes out, and we've had sort of surface-level conversations about him before because he's in the transfer portal we know that there's a connection between him and Kenny Payne. Yeah. It seemed, and also this connection between Rock Nation and this director of basketball operations, which still has not been announced, but apparently is a real thing. So there's been a, some talk about the, the potential of him coming here. Yesterday, we get confirmation that there's at least a, a chance that Amani Bates is going to be a Louisville Cardinal because he trims his list of schools to six. And... The list is Louisville, Eastern Michigan, DePaul, Michigan, uh, Arkansas, and who am I forgetting? Kansas. Uh, Seton Hall. Oh. And if For you, Kansas was competing with everybody else against us. Well, they're, they're out of a couple sweet states now. We'll get to that later. Ooh, we can't wait for that one. But if you listen to people who follow this recruitment closely and who know coaches on these staffs, they, they are telling you, Michigan, they're like, we're not recruiting this kid. Arkansas, <laughs> Eric Musman's like, we don't have any available scholarships. No, we're not recruiting Imani Bates. Seton Hall also is like, 
Eh, no, it doesn't strike me as a Sheen Holloway type situation. Yeah, he just brought in the Davis boys anyway. So Jeff Goodman basically lays it out last night and says, to my knowledge, this is Louisville versus DePaul. Eastern Michigan is still on there because that's the area of the world that he's from. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess technically he could play for Eastern Michigan, but it sounds like this is Tony Stubblefield versus Kenny Payne for Ooh, the services of Imani Bates. You, <laughs> DePaul, and you, DePaul would love this one because he turned them down. He did, and, you know... The question I think that that is natural to have after that is if this kid is is worth the risk. And there's clearly some baggage there that we're going to talk about, and he clearly did not have a fantastic freshman season at Memphis. Why aren't other big-time schools in the mix? If it's Louisville versus DePaul, why is it just us trying to get back to national prominence and DePaul, famous, you know, (laughs) dead last or second to last in the Big East for the last 15 years? And it's a, I think it's an understandable question to have. The answer, I think, lies with the, the, the people surrounding Imani Bates. And we can go into this a little bit. I followed Imani Bates, the story, pretty closely since he was 14 because I thought it was he's kind of a fascinating deal. He was the first eighth grader that they let play up in the EYBL. He's the first sophomore in high school to ever be named Gatorade National High School Player of the Year. And I remember the more that I read, and Brendan Quinn, who covers uh, basketball in Michigan, he's covered Michigan, he's covered Michigan State, he does a really good job, he writes for The Athletic now, has written a number of really great in-depth pieces, and if you're interested in this, I would highly recommend going back and reading them. But I just remember when he was like 15 or so, this is, I guess, four years ago, I remember reading this stuff and just thinking, these people are going to bleep up this kid. And it, it made me incredibly sad because, like, this is we, we see this happen all too often where just the wrong people get around a kid. And also, like, we build up, we love wonderkins. Like, we love people who do things at ages where they shouldn't be able to do them. And then we love kind of breaking them down and watching them fall, which for a lot of these kids is a fall back towards still superhuman status, just not quite as superhuman as we thought they might be when they were 13 or 14. And that's sort of what has happened with Amani Bates. So Bates, he's playing in in Michigan. He's dominating the high school scene. He's killing it on the EYBL level. He's becoming the first national player of the year um, from Gatorade as a sophomore. And his dad, whose name I think is EJ, decides, like, we want to go the prep school route. Like, this is is what we want to do. But Amani is kind of a homebody. He loves where he grew up. He loves his friends. He loves his family. He doesn't want to just up his entire life and, and leave. So his dad decides to create a school, Ypsilanti Prep. Which, by any definition of a school, didn't actually exist. Like it was the enrollment. I think was twelve people, and they were all basketball players. They all took online classes that may or may not have been uh, signed off on by the state. Like there's just a whole lot of weird stuff going on with this. I, I know that these prep schools pop up and and go away across America for a variety of reasons, uh, usually not good. They said all the right things. Like, this is going to be a bigger and better thing even after Imani Gray. It, it was just basically something for his kid to do for two years until he could go play college basketball. And a bunch of players transferred because they they were promised things that didn't end up happening. And so what the result of all this was, it was, a, you know, prep schools, a lot of times they'll have one or two five-stars and then, you know, a bunch of four-stars, maybe some three-star kids. This was Amani Bates and just a bunch of dudes. Like th- this was Amani Bates and a bunch of kids who probably weren't D1 level. 
So probably he's, dropped out of local high schools. They're like, yeah, you can come here and play. Pretty much. Like, like this was this was not a good. It's not the situation, for instance, that Caleb Glenn is going to be walking into at La Lumiere, where he's going to be surrounded by talent and they're going to play the other most talented teams in the country. Was it worse than the the? Well, no, because Andy Davis wasn't a fake school. It was just a bad school, right? Yeah, he just had. It, then that was more his AAU. It's same thing with the, the the big kid who went to Duke, um, Bagley. They created a AAU team so Nike could give them a bunch of money and say it was to fund the AAU team. And it was like Marvin Bagley and a bunch of dudes. So they'd go to a they'd go to the, like the AAU tournaments like Peach Jam and stuff, and they'd lose five games by a combined five thousand points. But he'd score like forty five points a game. Is the prep school that Bassey went to still around here locally? Aspire. Well, and that kind of created for him almost to a way, and then it's like just like he went there. I think like a year, and it, like, he went to Western, and then it was there before he got there. Okay, well, not long though. It couldn't have been. I, don't think. I think like a year or two. Yeah. Okay. I think we had one of the people involved with it on the sports talker one. I'm sure it was Jeremy Kipnis. Um, Could have been. Yeah. He's he's good friends with Luke Hancock and those guys. And um, to answer your question, I'm not sure if it's around anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of. I'm gonna take that as a no. Then I. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it is. To be quite frank, I feel like we would have heard about it. There yeah. was also these reports about, um, like, there was going to be a Louisville prep that because like players were committing to it, and then boom, it didn't exist. Like, like <laughs> so yeah, the, the 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 prep schools are they have reputations for a reason. But this one was especially transparent. Like it, yes. it was just a it was a bad deal. And what happened was his game really devolved. Like he. He still was ranked as a top ten player in his class before he reclassified to you know he he played at Memphis last year because and he was super young he should have been in the twenty twenty two class but the part of his game that was so ahead of the curve for a kid who was six seven six eight with his type of frame was his outside shooting and the last time that the last season that he played at Ypsilanti Prep he shot like twenty four percent from three and when he would play in the EYBL circuit like his numbers just just sort of bottomed out. And famously, he played a game on ESPN against Chet Holmgren, and this was supposed to be like the, the two next big things in, in prep basketball or high school basketball, and Holmgren kind of just, just ate him up, like dominated him. And that's where Holmgren's legacy grew, and, and Bates sort of started to diminish a little bit, but still certainly had a lot of love. People thought that he was going to be, and some people still think he can be a, a lottery pick in the NBA draft, but he goes to Memphis, he joins the Penny Hardaway Army, and it doesn't go well last year. There, there's no way around it. He was, I mean, people can say he was playing out of position because Penny was trying to put him at point guard or, or having the ball in his hands too much. But the fact of the matter is Memphis, when Amani was playing big time minutes for them last year, was a straight up bad basketball team. Like they were 10 and eight before Amani has this bizarre absence where he's just suddenly not playing. And his dad is telling people that he's hurt, but it, doesn't look like he's hurt and you know everybody kind of sees the writing on the wall that he's going to transfer and Memphis while this is happening goes from a team that is 10 and 8 um losing to East Carolina losing to UCF losing to SMU like looking like they're not going to have a chance of sniffing the NCAA tournament they go from a team that's 10 and 8 to a team that wins uh, 11 of its next 12 games and not just makes the NCAA tournament, but makes the NCAA tournament pretty comfortably as a nine seed, wins a game over Boise State, and pushes Gonzaga to the brink uh, in the second round. And Amani comes out of nowhere, plays for the first time in a month in that game against Boise State. Um, I think he played like like two minutes, but he hit a three. It was just a, it was a, uh, the whole thing was very strange, and it shouldn't surprise anybody that that it didn't surprise anybody that he wound up entering the transfer portal, and. You're seeing some teams, I, I think, 
back off him just because of the all the stuff around him. And the cons list is is obvious. There's clear baggage there. I think his game isn't he hasn't developed the way that he should have. He had moments last year where you could see the flashes of his potential, but he's he's sort of a he kind of looks, I mean, I hate, I hate to make this comparison, but he sort of looks like what Malik Williams was back early in his career where he just wanted to settle for threes and not use any of his versatility. He hasn't put on enough weight. He doesn't handle the ball that much better than he did when he was like 16, 17 and playing those showcase games on ESPN. And I think that is in large product it's largely due to the fact that he had the wrong people around him doing the wrong things for the last three years. And it sucks for the kid because he should have been so much better. If you get him in the right hands, he could be heading towards surefire NBA first round pick a year from now, right? So the cons list is out there and you can understand why some programs have, have backed off of him. The pros list. And I think given Louisville situation, I think that's equally obvious. And you and I have talked about it. If ever there was a time for Louisville to take a flyer on a situation like this, it's right now because as we have talked about so many times, you can't guarantee that you're going to be able to play in the NCAA tournament. So if Amani just wants to come and show his that he's not the red flag, red flag, red flag to the NBA that a lot of people think he is right now, this is a perfect situation to do it. Kenny Payne hopefully will develop his game. Kenny Payne, who has been, I think, famous for building relationships with players that have a background similar to Amani, players who have been told since they were 14 years old that they're going to be multimillionaires and they're going to play in the NBA and who maybe need to come back down to earth a, a little bit when they hit the college level. Hopefully, you get him in Kenny Payne's hands. He can block out the bad, harness the good, in the immortal words of Kevin Nealon, and make him the best possible player he can be. And I think, because I understand every fan response to this. I understand the fans who are like, don't touch this kid. There's a reason why... It, we didn't think we were going to take a flyer on him. There's a reason why other schools have backed off. He could be a cancer. He could you know, disrupt the entire thing. We don't want some of the people around him, around our program. And I understand the other side, which is this kid was seen as the can't-miss best player in his class by a wide margin a few years ago. There's clearly still talent there that hasn't been harnessed. And we're not exactly in a position that we're accustomed to where the program is rolling along. We're recruiting normally. We're getting transfers normally, and we're going to be top 15 every single year. And you just don't want anything to disrupt it. If Amani Bates comes here and kills it and becomes the player that I think people thought he was going to be in 2020, it's clearly worth the risk. And it clearly becomes something that you can use as a launching pad to the rest of the Kenny Payne era. You can look at this and you can say, look, he failed at Memphis. He came here. This is why we're different. Don't buy into anybody who's telling you that Kenny Payne is going to be Penny Hardaway. Like this is, there's a stark contrast between the two programs. We're a professional program who's getting the same types of players that they're getting at Memphis and we're doing more with them. And if it doesn't work, I'm not saying next season is a throwaway season because who knows? Maybe we can be eligible for the NCAA tournament. Maybe we wind up with a roster that's good enough to make significant noise in the NCAA tournament. But if it becomes apparent in December that this experiment is not worth it, that he's too much of a distraction and that his on-court abilities aren't enough to justify the off-the-court stuff, if there is off-the-court stuff, then you can part ways. And you can say we tried and it just didn't work. You can do kind of what Memphis did, where he mysteriously disappears for a few months and you focus on the players who are getting the job done on the court. To me, at least right now, 
I think the risk is worth it when it comes to taking Imani Bates. I understand people who feel otherwise. I recognize that there's a full possibility that this could blow up in everybody's face, but I think the risk is worth it given the position that we're in right now. The potential good outweighs the potential bad to me. How do you feel, Trev? I agree 100%. I think there's like uh, so the juice is worth the squeeze with the money base. We have four spots left. Uh, obviously, one, we want to go to Tyrese Hunter. That is a given. And if, Please, anything, Tyrese. And if anything, two of them would like to be guard position, which leave two spots open for what would be, you know, a wild card position, whether it be, you know, anything, you know, anybody to put in rotation. And I get the cons. Uh, and, and now, and now, if there is some kind of shadiness in some way with his dad, then no, I, I don't want him. I don't want. I don't want that. Now, while I get the, you know, well, he could be, as you mentioned, you know, a cancer in the locker room. He could be, you know, but that's true. But here's the thing: like right now, Louisville is just kind of like the island of misfit toys. Anyway, I mean, we're just we don't really have a chemistry going as is. I mean, and if, if you know, if we want to bring in Charlie in the box and. I say we do it. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, if it's you're right, if it, if he comes in here and you know he's got an attitude right away, and his dad wants to hang out, and you know whatever, then then you know what, then boom, you're gone. Then, yeah, you know, let the the door hit you with a good lure, split you, and just move on out. You know, and that's that is it. I mean, but yeah, for some teams, I get it where you you have some kind, you have some chemistry going, but Louisville doesn't have that right now. Yeah, I mean, Louisville has no. I mean, we've got guys, we've got four guys on the team that know each other, and everyone else is just going to be like, you know, well, six. we're wearing name tags to the to a degree. And even though six, I think some of them don't really still know each other after after this past season. Yeah. No, I, I think you're exactly right. Like, if you are Arkansas right now, and you've got guys coming back from a team that made a re- that's going, coming off of back-to-back elite eights. Along with and four you've got the McDonald's number, All-Americans. You've got the number two recruiting class in America coming in. There's no, there's no reason no. to take this risk. You're no. set. The, the, the risk does not outweigh the reward. We're not in that spot. No, we're not. We are very much kind of in a trial and error spot. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think that the roster you're going to see for next season is not necessarily indicative of what we're going to see moving forward in the Kenny Payne era, where hopefully we have traditional top five recruiting classes in addition to key players coming back, in addition to going out in the transfer portal like everybody else and getting some players. Like, this is very much a, we're just, we couldn't get any players from 2022 besides Kamari Lands and the the kids that are out there because their coach got fired for cheating. Uh, shout out to Will Wade, we love you. Um, and you're, the transfer portal situation is different because, again, you can't guarantee to guys who have one year of eligibility remaining that you can play in the tournament. So I'm not judging this year. I think this year's roster could be a little bit of a one-off. And with that being the case, I'm fine with taking a flyer on a kid like this because if it doesn't work, hey, you know what we have a bunch of right now? Wing players. You know what Imani Bates is? He's a wing player. He's I mean, He can play the three. He can play the four. We have a lot of guys who fit that same description, and if he can't get it done, let's say maybe it's not even the off-the-court stuff. Maybe he's just not good enough, and we have we have other options there that we can play, and if he's just not good enough, so be it. He doesn't play, and if he, wants to, if he, if he has an attitude about it or his dad has to – you know, get involved and, and, and it causes some friction in the team. Peace out. You know, I hate I hate to say that to a kid because, you know, because of Papa, but, you know. It's a situation, too, where I think you have to trust in the new coaching staff. Like, this is yeah. – I, I know we still are getting to know these guys and we have no idea how it's going to go on the court. But with – like, Nolan Smith has a great early reputation for building relationships with kids. Kenny Payne has a 
very developed relationship or reputation for developing relationships with kids. I think Danny Manning, same boat. Um, Josh Jamison, we don't know. <laughs> we, he had great relationships with players that's at Oregon. That's the one name I'm have trouble remembering. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that you're going to have to get. We have, I know. We have contract details for him too. But you have to trust that this staff can do – more when it comes to building a rapport, to building trust with Imani Bates than Penny Hardaway and his staff down there at Memphis was able to do last year. And maybe they can't. Maybe Penny, this is going to be— Penny can build relationships. It's matter whether Penny can coach or not. He can. He builds relationships until the kids get on campus, it seems like, because there's been a lot of disgruntled players down there. And, I mean, to his credit, everybody kind of crapped on Penny and said, you know, he's done, this is a joke, midway through last season. And then, again— Coinciding with Amani yeah, not the playing, best teams in the country last they, month of the season, they started becoming yeah. a, a very good basketball team. He found the right mix. He found the right way to get through those kids, and maybe it was as simple as removing Amani from the equation made things better. Maybe it was something else. We don't know. Larry Brown took over, really. Maybe Larry Brown really <laughs> did take over, but we, I, I'm, I'm willing to take to assume the risk of finding out what that was just for this year. Yeah. Bring him. A year from now, maybe I, I say something completely different. But with this group, with this roster, with this situation, I, I'm i fine with taking Imani Bates and seeing what he can do. If there was anybody that needed an Arby's nil, it'd be Imani Bates. I do need to put on some Arby's. He does. He, me, me and him go hang out at Arby's. He, he, he's going to be like 200 pounds. Now it looks like tractor trailer by the end of his, in his sophomore year. Uh, I've got a couple of things to say, but we're over the top of the hour. I want to hear from you too. I know That's the text line has been has been buzzing on this. 502-414-1450 if you want to weigh in. We'll talk about uh, uh, more a little bit on the Imani Bates front. There's also a couple of other basketball nuggets to get to. We'll do that in hour number two. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. My mind automatically goes to movies when I hear songs. Goes to oh movies? Yeah. Like that, whether whether the song is relevant to the movie or not, like it doesn't matter. If I know a song from a movie, my mind goes to that movie. Like like the other day we were talking about the Yes Man movie. I think it's a Coors Light commercial. It's bad. Let's go. My mind goes to the end of the Martian on this one. Uh, I can see that. Uh, I only saw it once, but now that you say that, I remember that it was. Me. I like that movie. It was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was a fan. It, it, one of those movies that you watch, you're like, really, really good. It's on FX like every other day, I think. I've got zero <laughs> desire to ever rewatch it. Like, I, really? Not, just not, it doesn't strike me as a rewatchable movie. I don't know. I, it's one of the movies, I, I wouldn't put it on the uh, the Trevor list, but I mean, when, a lot of times when I see it on cable, and it's always on cable, I never get it like on a Showtime or something like that, but when I see it like on a cable, I'll, I'll stop maybe for a few minutes and watch it, but don't stay on it the whole time like I would any other movie, like yeah. Congo or anything like that. Course, Congo. All I remember, you bring up Congo, remind me. Some a, a buddy of mine from grade school texted yesterday. We uh, th- like when that movie was popular. 
<laughs> we did like a there was a our gym class did like an Olympics where you had teams and you had to come with the country and we were the Congo and we like got our asses kicked <laughs> because by because of that movie because of that movie the movie was a big deal. Did back you in the think day. the movie was cool when you saw it? No. Okay. Just make, well, I, I mean, but it was it was a cool movie at the time to go see. <laughs> oh, it was popular. It was a big like I said. I cut. School. I remember cutting school like it was like the last week of school and I cut the, the one of those days. Like I need that as a reason to go to, to see to see it, and, I was and you so, wish you'd been to school. I was so excited to. I remember my buddy Chris going to see. It. We were so pumped because we loved Jurassic Park, and it was you know Michael Creighton. And we're like, this is gonna be this is Jurassic Park with monkeys. You know, this is awesome and blah blah. blah. And it's so bad, man. It's not a good. Movie. They got they got people in like costumes like Amy, like Banana. It's like really. I mean, this is. No. Uh, Texas, I choose to believe that's you, Mike, on the lawyer's commercial scene, the part that he's from Portland. Please confirm. It is not. <laughs> I wish it was me. We know who it is. He's from Portland. Portland. By the way. It's, it's a great commercial. One of the best ones we've ever had. Uh, fantastic. Speaking of Troy, who deserves all the credit for that commercial, did you know, I, I didn't know this until Troy was telling me before the show. So TJ, TJ Walker of uh, KRC, every mo- every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9, right here on 1450 The Big X. Go out to the ba- uh, backside, throughout the track all week. And then again from 9 to 11. Yep. Never forget. He he comes to our remote yesterday with Scoots. And he's sitting at that table with Troy, and they're just talking, and they're going back and forth. And then TJ's like, so, like, I'm sorry, I don't think we've met. Like, what do you do? Who are you? <laughs> and Troy's like, I'm Troy. Like, and he's like, oh. He's like, he's like, I hear Mike and Trevor talking about you. You are not what I thought you would look like. I assumed it was like some, you know, some gray-haired sixty-year-old who was Troy. <laughs> the young Troy's dude. like, no, that's me, that's me. Uh, but it was cool to see TJ out there. Cool to see Scoots. Uh, I I told Mary because she couldn't get, listen to the show yesterday about your uh, stand-up Scoots, and then like, come on, keep going. Like <laughs> she thought it was very funny. I was it's like, yeah, so it's, a, it's a classic Trevor joke. It's well done. I can't help it. I, it was, uh, yeah. But Nick Roush, we got to call here's him out. His thing, everybody though. else is a team player on this. Uh, yeah, Nick, come on, Roush dude. just just big leaguing everybody. He's too busy hanging out. Well, you know, following Brad around the backside, hearing you know, having Matt Jones tell him he needs to write up a story on the the third string offensive guard <laughs> for Kentucky for next season. <laughs> come on, Roush. Talk about that punter. Come on, come on. They always have great punters. I'm not going to dog them on that. Well, I mean, they once had a punter named Jimmy Carter. They did. Yeah, he was good too. He's like the best part of the team. Coincidentally, the Carter administration, the last time the UK beat us in men's basketball. I never forget him being out there. My uncle being like, "Oh, our punter is the man." Granted, he punched twelve times a day. He's got a leg like a telephone pole. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Bill, you drunk? Oh, you awake? <laughs> a guy that I who was the really good punter that they had in like two thousand nine. You're talking about uh, oh the, the who won a Super Bowl. With, oh, with the no. Packers. No, that, you're t- it's um, I almost went Wade Chalaska. That's our punter. Okay, come on, don't the Talakas are that's Trinity, yeah. that's Trinity royalty. Do not mess with the Talakas. I met Talakas. him. He came. He came into the coffee beer, and I was working there wearing his Super Bowl ring. He and he just like was so obvious about. It. He was like, "Here's your here's your money," and he's like like doing like this like flashing the ring in my face. I'm like, "Oh, how? Who was that? Was it Tim Masley? No, that's yes. That's okay. right. Yep, yep. So a guy that's who right. a guy who I went to law school with my my brief and glorious law school tenure, who I sat next to for almost every class. Um, aka the one class law class according to trevor he he was roommates with tim Masley in lexington in college okay and he had a whole bunch of stories and he's like 
and now like since he got to the NFL, he just doesn't return my calls or texts. He's like, I lived oh, with this guy for two punk. years, and like now I'm like, you're the punter. Come on, yeah, come on, man. He did get a ring though. He did get a ring. Props to him. We do, we do, we do a good job of producing special teams talent here in this in the city of Louisville. We do. Yeah, I know you just got a new David Aker's autograph picture. I'm the only man in this town that has not one but two David Aker autograph eight by ten right next to a Jake Elliott autograph picture. I could have made that happen for you back in the day. He was in my mom's Lamas class. He, I actually have his autograph. That's not my first. The first autograph I have of David Aker's is actually on a. <laughs> it's a it's a one of those I don't know was it a sermon or something from Southeast Christian one of the papers sermon. I don't know what they, what they call them like <laughs> the paper that's got like the piece it's of the paper pamphlet yeah it's like a pamphlet it's got like the what the service of the day is or stuff and like you know <laughs> a sermon I mean the sermons are on there right I mean do you know what a sermon is yeah it's the speech that the uh, the preacher gives there you go yeah see come on you know you know me I took this two years of uh, religious studies class can happen on or off a mountain. Uh but my 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 aunt uh, I guess he go, he went to Southie Christian I don't know if he still does but he he ran to my aunt there and my aunt he just happened to mention he played for the Eagles she's like my grand my my nephew loves the Eagles and so he. She got him to sign like the little papers. Like I don't know what happened to that. So I lost it. I, I know I've told you this story before. Uh, I'm going to tell it again real quickly. When he was in my mom's Lamas class, his wife called my mom just to say, David's not going to be at class on Monday night. He's, uh, he's actually kicking in the Pro Bowl. And my mom goes, oh, is that soccer? <laughs> well. <laughs> and I t- like, she told me the story after she got off. And she's like, apparently like he plays professional football? And I'm like, yeah. He's yeah, pretty damn good. He's a very good kicker. I mean, who played at Louisville? Like you just embarrassed me in front of David Akers. If you're putting kickers in the Hall of Fame, David Akers a belongs. Uh, David Akers is a better kicker than Adam Benatari. Suck it. Stats don't lie. And uh, he was the kicker of uh, the decade. There you go. He was the kicker of two thousands. And he's, I mean, he's on the All Decade team. All right, let's get back into the, uh, the Thornton Sucks line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Texture says, "I just tuned in. Did I miss the Imani Bates chit chat? Also, autocorrect desperately wants to change it to emoji Bates. <laughs> We're all going to have to deal with that. Gonna be cute. But yeah, you. We, I, I talked. I gave my Imani Bates spiel." Last segment. I think Trevor, for the most part, we're on the yeah, same page. Yeah, I think we both agree that it's it's worth it. Take the chance. You know, let, let's take the gamble. Uh, Texas Amani Vase is just a taller BJ Boston. I mean, yeah, we're not, would you take a taller BJ Boston though for next year's roster? I'd take BJ Boston right now. I probably would too. I mean, we're not asking either one to be a go-to guy and, and lean on him like Kentucky had to at BJ. I mean, that was the problem. I think how you feel about taking Amani Bates too is also about your your approach. And again, like I, I don't tell anybody how to fan. Everybody can fan however the hell they want. I, I've, I will remain consistent on that. We'll tell you if it's wrong or not, though. I would. <laughs> you can still do no, it. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll say like what I, how I'm approaching things. And if you choose to, I'm not saying I, I'm right and you're wrong or you're right or I'm wrong. I'm just saying uh, how I'm going to do things. I, I think if you're viewing it, like you're setting yourself up to be let down if you're expecting Imani Bates to be the number one player in the class like he was three years ago. If you're thinking he's this can't-miss top-five NBA draft pick and that's who we're getting as opposed to the guy who averaged single-digit points last year for Memphis, then like you're setting yourself up to just be overly critical of his if game. If you're doing that, you're going to do the same thing for BHH, too. I mean, because he was he, I mean, he's a, a five-star. We've talked about if he doesn't reclassify. Yeah, this is, this he doesn't reclassify. He's a top-ten kid, though. He I mean, is, but Amani Bates, like, remember, like, Amani Bates is the dude. Like, if you didn't know anybody from that class five years ago, you knew who Amani Bates was. Like, he, his games were being nationally televised when he was 14 years old. It was a little under my radar, but I, I, I'd heard people mention him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been a big deal for a long time. Like, he's... And if that's who you think you're getting, then 
that's one thing. It's one way to approach it. But like the, the texture saying he's just a taller BJ Boston, we could use a taller BJ Boston for next year's team. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at him as a, a a good key piece potentially on a team that's still developing, but has the has some other pieces in place that lead us to believe they could be a competitive team in the ACC, potentially like a top twenty five good team, then I think you might be pleasantly surprised by his game. I mean, the problem is if you think you're getting the player you described from like four years ago, then explain to me, Tex, or not Tex, because it's my Texas in, but fan, if that's your mindset, then explain to me how the hell we're the only ones along with DePaul and Eastern Michigan and recruiting them still. It's Look, it, it, has, <laughs> to, it has to be talked about. Yeah, it I mean, has to be addressed. If we're the only three, I mean, then you can either, then it, I mean, if your argument to that or rebuttal to that would be, you know, oh, well, it's because uh, he's he, he's got, you know, a bad re- reputation and he, he could be, you know, there could be issues about his recruitment. Well, then why would we want him in the first place? I mean, I, I, again, I, I think it, cause you're totally right. And it's a totally valid question. And I've seen it asked a bunch today. And the answer that you have to give is we're going to trust Kenny Payne on this. Like we are, we have to, he's got this reputation for being a kid, a guy who takes kids that maybe need to be humbled a little bit and humbling them in a way that also forms a, a relationship that they... I mean, just look at the way that NBA players talk about Kenny Payne. Look at the way that everybody talks about Kenny Payne. He clearly knows what he's doing when it comes to handling these types of situations. And if he's looked at all of this... And, you, I mean, we're again trusting Kenny Payne that he's done his full background. He knows... Uh, I mean, he's known the people around Amani Bates for a long time. Bates said that himself today uh, in a quote. You've got to assume if he says it's worth taking the risk that he knows what he's talking about. This is a, and again, I know we're talking about a guy who has not coached a game and who's only been on the job for, you know, less than two months at this point. But you got to trust him. That's that's the long and short of it. Here's yeah. the Bates quote that I was talking about because he he talked with Joe Tipton of On3.com in a story that's behind a paywall. But here's the quote that they put out there to the public: Amani Bates talking about Kenny Payne. He said, "I've known him since I was in seventh grade." I took a visit to Kentucky when I was a kid, and me and him had a bond, and we were always really close. KP is someone I would really love to learn from. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know what his quotes about Tony, Tony Stubblefield are in there. I can't imagine that they're as flattering. <laughs> it's just another piece of information. Wow, that hating on Tony over here. <laughs> I'll hate on Tony all I want. I know they beat us last year, but I'll, I'll con- congrats on keeping Doug Is there ever Tony. more salt in the wound as though if they, they beat us last year and they take, now they take a Mountie Bates from us? Well, we play them up there this year, so hopefully we can get a little bit of revenge, <laughs> period. But this is another piece of information that leads me to believe that Amani Bates, if Louisville wants him, is going to be a Louisville Cardinal next year. All signs point towards it. And the question now becomes, do we want him? Do you think he doesn't have a connection with Stan Heath? No, I don't think he has a connection with Stan Heath. Is Stan Heath the coach? He is the coach of the MU. You're right. <laughs> I looked for the record. I'm like, we've I, looked that up before. I, I'm not going to shut. Yeah, that's what the sad part was. Was like I looked it up and then I saw it and I go, wait a minute, we've looked this up before because I think we asked it's like last week who the coach was. He's his, last year was his first year, by the way. You want to know what he, you want to take a shot in the dark? What his record was? The, the sad thing is, I know we've looked this up before. I, I think it was like eight and twenty-three, ten and twenty-one. Yeah, it wasn't. But it, it was, was an improvement over the six and twelve team of Rob Murphy the year before. Rob Murphy had been there for almost a decade. Yeah, he, Rob, Rob Murphy also got, I think, in trouble for like abusing players. <laughs> Eastern Michigan. Yeah, I think that's the thing that happened. He just wanted out. He, he just he's like a, he went, suddenly went from a nice guy to suddenly hitting us. He just wanted out. Yeah, he won twenty games in a row, like four years, three out of four years, they four to five. EMU has a solid basketball. Tradition. Oh, they've made a tournament since uh, ninety eight. Bet they still have. They're always competitive. 
I'll always remember them as the program of Earl Boykins. Um, I think George Gerben, Iceman. Really? Yeah, he went to Eastern Michigan. Uh, Texas Earl says, Boykins, by the way, senior point guard on that last tournament team. Texas says, what happened with Scal? He was coached by KP. Some dudes just aren't fixable, in my opinion. Bates is that to me. You may you may very well be right. But I mean, I, Scal was a first-round pick and actually hung out in the NBA for a few years. He was. He also was a massive flop at Kentucky. There's no way around it. Yeah. He was not what they thought he was going to be. And maybe this is a, a scout situation. I still think it's worth finding out because we're not in the situation Kentucky was in when, when Scout was going to Kentucky. I mean, it also take, listen, Scout's disappointment, if you put him in the, under the you know, microscope of what you were expecting, was he awful at Kentucky? Really not. It's kind of the same thing we were just saying. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he wasn't, I mean, you go back and watch this guy, he wasn't horrible at Kentucky. Was he a go to guy? God, no, and far from it. Was he, you know, a impact player? No, but he could have been. He was had he not had all the the stuff around him, and he come in and be just kind of a role player in that rookie in that freshman year. He come back for a sophomore year. I mean, he's definitely moving up the draft and probably a more impactful kid. It also it bears mentioning like we're not building this roster around Amani Bates. Like we're not building this no, roster no. with the intention of him. Like if he's a if he's not a twenty two point per game score, everything falls apart. We're right now just trying to get the best players we can and and trying to build our roster that way. If Amani Bates is a 12 point, I don't know, six rebound per game player next season, like I know those numbers don't sparkle and they're probably not what people are, or at least some people are envisioning when they're imagining us having Amani Bates in a Louisville uniform next year. If that's the case, 12 and six, I still think it's worth taking him as long as the off the court stuff, if there is off the court stuff doesn't hinder the overall progress of the team. Like 12 and 6 would be a welcome addition to next year's team. 12 and 6 would be the best and second best player on last year's team. Hell, like 10 and 6 would be fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean. As long as he's not shooting like 22% from 3 and using up a bunch of possessions. Texas Mike, I didn't hear a single good thing about this base kid from the last 3 years. I don't know. He looked okay with that jump shot against Gonzaga in the tournament. He hit, he hit one shot, yeah. which was nice. Um I mean, I didn't watch him last year play a whole lot. I the most I watched Memphis was when they were playing better, post his playing time being you know taken away, but I mean, he's, there's no way to spin it. He he was bad last year. Yeah. If you watch them play, the 17 year old kid is well out there. He was he, he, the reclassification probably shouldn't have happened. If you're yeah. if you're doing what's in the best interest of the kid, which I don't think people around him have been doing for the last probably five not. years, he should have stayed in his in his natural class. He wasn't ready to play college basketball last year, and if you look at it through that lens, the fact that he almost averaged double figures is I guess somewhat impressive, but. I guess I also understand if you're – because I'm critical based off of the way that he'd been playing going into the reclassification, which was significantly at a significantly lower level than he had been before the the pandemic and Ypsilanti prep and all that stuff. But I guess if you're his handlers or his dad or whatever and you say, why wouldn't we reclassify and play a year above? He said he was playing EYBL when he was in eighth grade. He was the first person they let do that. He was He's been playing bigger and better kids his entire life. And the response to that should be, well, he hasn't been developing the last couple of years. He shot 33% from the field his last full season of quote-unquote high school basketball and 24% from three. Like, he just he wasn't the same player that he was. He, nobody was in all of him anymore. That had worn off. And last year when he was out there playing college basketball, it was very clear that he was kind of a fish out of water. You could see the skills sometimes, but he didn't defend. He didn't want to play in the system. He took terrible shots. He wasn't strong enough to finish around the rim like he should have been, like somebody with his skill set should be able to. And against better opponents, he just kind of got buried. And, like, that's it. Like, he just he wasn't good last year. 
There's I mean, no way around. You it. add him and Huntley uh, Hatfield. I mean, you've got two kids that are basically fresh, should be freshmen in college, but the, the advantage of having one year of uh, of college basketball already under their belt. Yeah, I mean, are two. You're talking about two kids that are 18 years old. I mean, that's freshmen. I guess the optimistic way to look at it yeah. is you say they, these kids should have been in high school last year. Instead, they got some college experience at a relatively high level it's like drafting a, a, a nba drafting a kid out of the d uh like the g league right of uh, that went over to overseas and he didn't play a lot but you know he obviously got probably got better experience averaging three points a game and you know against grown adults and then to come over here and be prepared more for the nba yeah and, that, and that's your hope with yeah. taking both these that's kids. true yeah uh texas better than a, is there better than a 69 percent chance that amani ends up a card <laughs> 69 giggity i'd say yeah I mean, if if you, what you say is true about the competition, and I think it should be like eighty five percent. I I really don't. I mean, there's no way we should lose to Eastern Michigan. I mean, unless he goes, the only way to go to Eastern Michigan is the same reason he go to DePaul, and that would be the same reason he played for a, a fake high school. Is he just wants to be? He wants to go somewhere where he can just put up. He, he can shoot the no. ball nonstop. Uh, the reason why he goes to DePaul is they have money, and they would drop a bigger bag than us. So you're saying Eastern Michigan is just to shoot the ball a lot. I'm saying Eastern Michigan's just on there because he's being nice. I think. Ooh. I think it's I think it's DePaul versus Louisville. And DePaul, look, we found this out with the the text of the I love how I started the Brian Bowen situation. We, we, I come into this show today an hour ago, hour and a half ago, and thinking that like there's like six schools going after Imani Bates, and in in the last ninety minutes, it's come down to two, and without him making an announcement, thanks to you, I love it. <laughs> I think if you're man of the show, he's going to be a cardinal. If EJ Bates, the dad, or any of these other people around him truly care about Imani Bates, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Louisville fan, what's in the best interest of this kid right now is to get him to a place like Louisville, where he can be around people like Kenny Payne, like Nolan Smith, like Danny Manning, people who have sterling reputations in basketball circles. And if it doesn't work under Kenny Payne and Danny Manning and at a program like Louisville, you can blame them if you want to. Like if this marriage falls apart in December or January and it, it kind of plays out the same way it did down in Memphis, you might say, well, they don't know what they're talking about. They weren't good enough. We're going to go somewhere else. He's just going to go to the NBA and start playing pro. Sure, wh- whatever. You can believe what you want to believe. I can tell you how it's going to go at DePaul. It's going to go the same damn way it's gone with all of these types of players who've gone. Like he strikes me as, on the surface right now, he strikes me as a DePaul kid. As a kid who's going to go up there, get the bag, screw around for a year, finish with like five Big East wins, do nothing of any sort of consequence. Probably have some decent stats because he's probably shooting the ball. You know, I'm sure he'll have decent stats. They've had they've had these, this player a thousand times yeah. in the last 30 years. And then that'll be the end of the Imani Bates saga. And he'll go, he, maybe somebody will take a flyer on him. Maybe he'll make a roster in the NBA. Maybe he'll bounce up and down between the G League and the NBA. And then people will have forgotten about him in seven years. Louisville gives him the best opportunity to become the player that it looked like he was a surefire, no-brainer lock to be three years ago. And I'm not just saying that as a Louisville fan. And if it doesn't work here, hell, I don't think it's going to work anywhere else. Maybe it will. Maybe he goes to the NBA and just flourishes, and and we look back and we're like, how the hell did he never take off in college? But I think this is the best. This is the best opportunity to fix the wrongs that have been made over the last ever since the creation of this fake school <laughs> like you want to fix this i would send him to louisville i wish my mom had made a fake school for me i would have loved it i this whole reclassification thing i would have reclassified five times i would have graduated high school when i was 13 i mean i could have actually been like prom king 
Valedictorian. <laughs> prom, prom king of Kelsey Prep. But I'm the, I'm the, I'm the most popular kid in school. Like, there's no lines. <laughs> We're getting Arby's at the, dry, at, the, at the cafeteria. You just surround yourself with your least athletic friends. It's just, you know, it's I'm like, taking every shot. No, it's just me. I'm just, like, I'm just wandering the hallways like I'm in zombie land or something. I think that's called homeschooling. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but I'm in a building. Oh, well. <laughs> rented out I a building. I think that's called your house. Yeah. <laughs> Just replace the sides as Trevor, Trevor High. They're like, well, we knew that. Oh, <laughs> too easy. Texas says, I'm beating a dead horse, but I really do feel like KP can settle down Bates' antics as well as develop his play. I also think that taking him in KP year one is much different than uh, if this were a few years down the line, i.e. we need players. And then he says, never mind, you take the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, that's. That, yeah. That, I totally agree. Uh, Texas says, I agree Bates is worth a shot. We have four scholarships left. Why not take a chance with Bates with one of those? If he doesn't work out, you're right. He can head out. We have Lance and James that can fill that role. It should be said that Lambs and Curry are tweeting at him. That should be a good sign. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that Sidney Curry has kind of done this with every player that it seems like we're targeting. And it's not every player that pops up on somebody's list. When Sidney Curry and L. Ellis have tweeted at players, it's been guys that we people have said like we have a really good chance with. And that Are they going to Hunter? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, good. They've been tweeting at Tyrese Hunter. But they're tweeting at Imani Bates, too. Like, oh, yeah, they they want him here. Like, I'm I'm fine with both. that. If you get Bates, I think you maybe lose out on your shot with Isaiah Mosley from Missouri State, which is what it is. I mean, I'm not sure how much of a shot we have with him. You know, I, I would almost say, if you could tell me I get Bates and Hunter over, would you take Bates and Hunter or Hunter and Mosley? Now you're putting me in a position where I have to say, I'd take Mosley and Hunter. <laughs> I would. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I kind. I kind of with with just a young team still. You know, next year and, and the upside. I almost kind of maybe base would be a better. Mosley is more of a guard though, and we need we need a two guard and a point guard. We need the point guard more than anything. Yeah, unless we're. I mean, I know Ellis keeps talking about being the point guard, which is is. I hope he is. I hope he's. I hope he becomes that type of player, just to be sure. I'd like to have Tyrese Hunter so that he can play off the ball. And then, you know what? We can do the combo guard thing. because yeah, just play them together. Yeah. You know, we, we've did it before. We've done it before. Uh, I mean, Russ Smith and Siva. Siva kind of had that thing going. Chris yeah. Jones and Terry Rozier absolutely had that thing going. And I think there's some stat out there. Like seven of the last ten national champions have had a starting backcourt where either guy could have run the show. Yeah. And that, you kind of had that going with Carolina last year. Uh, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis sort of handed the ball off between one another. Either one could play that position if they needed to. Um, that's the way you spin it if you're trying to tell Ellis, hey, calm down. I know Tyrese Hunter's a, a natural point guard, but you're going to have your shot too. And L kind of did that last year towards the end of the season. We basically let every guard besides Noah Locke towards the end of the year run the show a little bit. And it's not a bad way to do things. Um Texture says, is Bates connected to any of the NCAA violations Memphis was just notified of? No. That's, that was all Wiseman. That's all back to the James Wiseman stuff. Yeah. And then Penny Hardaway shred, shredding evidence when we got in trouble. I mean, I don't know how you thought you were going to turn around. This was going to turn out Memphis. But when the NCAA comes to you and says, he's ineligible, you can't play him, and you just play him anyway. Like there, there are going to be repercussions for that, especially like, when you like, they, like then they tuck tail and like try to be like, okay, we suspended him. Let's forget about that little blow up we had last week. Like, no, you either have to go full bore at that point and play him the rest of the year, or 
like, like that's it. Like you screwed up. Like, like you're done. Penny, when they told me that Penny was like Joe Pesci and Michael, like you were serious. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. My bad. Funny joke last week, guys. Remember when we played him? Like yeah. when we got that temporary injunction from a judge. Like that was. We were just messing with you guys. Yeah, just teasing. Texas, I had a friend text me that he goes, "I was just Josh," and I was like, "Don't ever text me again." <laughs> <laughs> we're no longer, he's like, what? I was like, yeah, we're no longer friends. Texas says, is KP only recruiting wings to possibly secure an NIL deal with Roosters? <laughs> nice. We got Roosters on board. Wings yeah. as big as your head. You ever been, you like Roosters? I do like Roosters. I like Roosters, too. They got, but, good, they got good chicken teriyaki. The last Roosters coach didn't turn out well for us. Oh, I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm fine with KP being more of a, I don't know, like rumors, hooters. Plus, Leo Bell's had some bad connections with Roosters lately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Texas says, Forget taking recruits to the Louisville Slugger Museum, Balloon Glow, and Thunder. From now on, just let them hang out at Trev's house for the weekend. Oh, man. You, I would bring in the top recruiting class in the country. Would, <laughs> <laughs> legally, could you, could you give us some sort of guarantee that we would be okay on that front? Yes. Oh, yeah, we're good. Would you be willing to sign something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell the kids to sign a waiver and it's really their uh, letter of intent. Um, we, we have plenty more t- uh, text on this. We'll, we'll get back to it. We'll do this in the, in the second segment as well because I, I think a lot of people have a lot of good opinions. And it's understandable for the reasons that we laid out why views are so differing on this. But uh, we'll get back here. There's a couple other Tyrese Hunter things out there. Uh, there I mentioned Isaiah Mosley. We've got news on him. Not not firm news, but but news worth talking about. So we'll do that after the break. If you have more thoughts on Imani Bates or whatever, text us at 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton sex line. And we'll get back to it after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. <laughs> Welcome back in, Mike Rutherford Show. You know the lyrics to this song? I don't even know what song this is. This is Frankenstein by Ed, Ed, Edgar Winter Group. Are there no lyrics? No, no lyrics. That's what I, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting emails from this Peach Bowl Challenge, which is the biggest college football coach golf scramble is the way that they phrase it. It's a, a fundraiser okay. of some sort for charity. And... Like every day, there's like a new update. It's like Scott Satterfield's playing in this. It's like who's Scott Satterfield's partner? Find out tomorrow. Here's Scott Satterfield's partner, and he's played. Well, with, who was it? It was Bobby Johnson from okay. Vanderbilt. They finished dead last. Um, was Bobby Johnson the one that had the great like C, uh, SEC media day moment where he was like, "I grew up on a pig farm, and then I, we, we were slaughtering pigs to grow up, and now I'm here at Vanderbilt, so I can handle this or something like I don't, that." I don't remember that. Yeah, they had one guy like a couple years ago that was just so great at the SEC media day. So Satterfield finished dead last in this, which oh, that's not a good sign. I was kind of upset about it, and then I saw that the winning team was Randy Edsall and Houston Nutt. Oh, they've got plenty of time to golf. No wonder they won. Exactly, two coaches who are no longer <laughs> coaches. And who kind of sucked at their jobs before <laughs> before they uh, calls it a career. I mean, Randy Edsall, no kind of about it. Yeah, Edsall had like what one good season. 
He went to the Fiesta Bowl that one year. Yeah, the, and, and then, then bounced, and then was awful at Maryland, and then they brought him back. He was and awful. somehow was even worse at UConn. Yeah, and Houston, left in the middle of last year with maybe the worst football team in the history of college Houston football. Nuts claim to fame, other than coaching at Murray State at one point, was uh, would be beating. Uh, uh, LSU, the same year that Kentucky's biggest win ever was beating LSU when they were both number one. Went to two Cotton Bowls. Houston Nut. Famous fact. And then sucked. And that's, then got fired. I still think Murray State had coached the better fact. I, I agree with that. <laughs> Coaching at Murray, greater than sign. Frank Beamer also coached at Murray. I didn't know that. I think he, I think he went from Murray to Virginia Tech, actually. Cradle of cro- coaches. Murray State's actually had a decent amount of – I mean, there, and there's a third – There was. I remember when I looked this up years ago, there was Houston uh, Nutt, Frank Beamer, and there was a third one, too, that actually coached at Murray that ended up being a good coach. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, they always say Miami of Ohio was the cradle of coaches. I think it's actually Murray State. I think it is, yeah. M- wasn't Murray State actually in the – didn't they play Marshall in the movie We Are Marshall? I don't know. No, I know Xavier was in it. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, just Xavier. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. Um We'll go back to the, as promised, I'm going to take text here because we've been talking about Amani Bates. People have very strong opinions, and understandably so. It's a it's a hot-button issue. But uh, Texture says, is Trevor always preoccupied when coming back from commercial? It's always a good few seconds pause when Scooter produces. It's never like that. Uh, no, it's, well, it's a little different because we're on, we're not actually, I'm actually remotely logged it into the computer. Because we're not at the OG studio. Yeah, and with, because of the our, our delay, You've got it's like it's like eight and a half nine seconds. You have to start like the music in the last spot, and sometimes yeah, I'm doing other stuff, and there's a little bit of a delay and a hiccup in the in my login where Scoots is looking right at the original version, which is probably why there's like a second or so delay coming in. Texas, speaking of your rhythm and it's delays, my excuse because really, I'm just yeah, I'm just not paying attention. Texas, how was Trevor <laughs> able to clap so offbeat and keep the lyrics was, on time for his rendition of "No One to Hold Him" at the site when you walk? It was amazing because you were singing in rhythm, but your clapping was so horribly it off. It was not rhythm. off. The fact that you didn't recognize that was off makes me even more concerned about your rhythm. Yeah, you admitted no yesterday you've got no rhythm. Hold him. No, I can't dance, but I have one dance move. What, is it the spin and the point? No, it's. I the, see. It was a big spin the, and point. No, it's guy. Davey Joyne. David oh, Jones, you do that thing. The sway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I can do the sway. You you could do the. Uh, I do. I do. I also do the. Uh, no, I can't. I can't. You, you, I'll let you see it. You maybe describe it. But it's great radio. I do the. The smack in the ass. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The spank. Yeah. You can call it the oh, spank. I love this one too. I like that. Okay. <laughs> I, I I don't like what it, it looks like. You just had a seizure. The sprinkler. The sprinkler's this. It's the hand behind the head doing but I, that. But right. I, do, I do the hand on the face. Uh, well, that's not the sprinkler. That's just you. It looks like smacking yourself and then having a seizure. That's, that's, that's not a great move. I wouldn't do that again. The first two, I think that's, that's your zone. That's where you stay. You live in that area. You don't, yeah, that, that's good. That's the TK shimmy. Yeah, the, 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 the shoulder shimmy, yeah. I'm with you. But I was, that wasn't, that, that was not off that bad beat. You were. How do you not recognize this? Well, first of all, it was, we were doing acapella, acapella, so acapella. What was that? Acapella. Still wrong. <laughs> acapella. Acapella. Oh, it's not an O at the end? Do you ever not, do you ever watch, uh, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? Where in the World is Carmen. Yeah, the woman. What was on, the group? I don't know. It just had the, it had the. Sing it. Where in no. the. Oh. When, when they would say, sing it. What they? What was the group that they said? I don't remember. Rockapella. Oh, sing it, Rockapella. The only thing I remember from that show, other than the song, is that the uh, the 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 one the, the one black woman. She was also in Stand by Me. She was the horrible woman in Stand by Me that all the kids hated. She died recently. I saw that. Oh, should have been nice. I always felt me. so sorry for the kids <laughs> because, like, when you got the American Map, 
you knew like smart kids they had a shot. But like when they were like, "Here we go, it's South America." You're like, "Oh my god, this kid's done." I was like, "What? He's got like no PBS idea where something. Ecuador is." Oh yeah, it was fantastic. I love that. Show. Then that, what was the other? There was that's the same channel that had the show, um, the Ghost Rider show. Ghost Rider was fantastic. I remember that show vaguely too. Yeah. Pa pa Patty in jail. <laughs> I don't remember that. It was from Carmen San Diego. Oh, I just remember the where in the world. Well, you don't even know Rockapella, so you're out of this conversation. I mean, that I was a little older when it came out, but I still remember it. Um. Where? And I mean, how can you not forget that? It's so catchy. Texas says the recruits would be fine at Trevor's. Is it's basically a petting zoo. <laughs> well, I have a new couch they can crash on. Uh, the couch appeared. Text line confirms it was Moorhead State in We Are Marshall, not Murray. Ah, uh, I saying how many times have I told you? By the way, I get those two mixed up too all the time. You do a lot. Yeah. Um, Texas says. The cars just unveiled new uniforms on Twitter for the Vandy game tonight. I I saw them. Ooh, I want to see. I want to see. I. I wish I could say I love them. Usually, like I'm, I'm pretty good with uniform reveals. I don't like these. I mean, Louisville's usually pretty. Where are they at? I haven't seen them. Go to the UofL baseball Twitter account. Oh well, okay. they I, just tweeted them out like a, I was like just, ten minutes. Ago. I was scrolling, but I figured I would just yeah. It looks sort of like a. It's like an uh, kind of an infrared, but it's actually red. I don't, I'm not a big fan. I mean, I don't know. I don't mind just the. It just. It, I mean, they're pretty basic, which I'm a fan of. I mean, I like simple things. I like what they've worn this year for the most part. I'm, I mean, it looks like just like a this. red shirt with just like the plain, but it looks like something you get at like Daw Hairs. It does. That, that's, that's, I mean, well said. it looks like, like yeah, jersey, a t shirt you get at Daw Hairs. And yeah. for those that don't remember that store in the mall, uh, let's get back to the, the Amani Bates stuff because that's where the text line has gone. Um, Texas says Amani Bates situation is a no lose situation for Louisville. If he doesn't pan out, everyone will blame Amani, not Payne. But if he works out, Payne can be the guy that fixed Bates and got him to the next level. I think that's a great point. That is because I think he's one hundred percent. I mean, at least especially locally, no one will probably blame Payne unless they're like. I don't, and also, it makes Memphis look bad, right? It does, yeah, I mean, we assume who doesn't enjoy that, right? I think you have well, on a, from a rivalry standpoint, sure, it's great. Like we love poking fun at Memphis State. They suck. They always suck. They'll always be behind us. But also. You have to assume that moving forward, assuming Penny Hardaway stays there for a number of years, we're going to be swimming in the same recruiting waters. And that's a nice little feather to have in your cap Mm -hmm. to say, this kid who was one of the most well-known recruits in the country, went to Memphis, did nothing, the team wasn't that great, goes to Louisville, kills it. What does that say? I think also the texture's right. If if Bates is a flop at Louisville, whether it's him – you know, having off the court stuff and having to leave or him just not producing enough on the court, people aren't going to look at that as a some sort of indictment on the coaching ability of Kenny Payne or Danny Manning or Nolan Smith. It's going to be, well, the, the kid just wasn't as good. Let's blame the, the, the circus around him and all that stuff. Like It does yeah. kind of feel like a no-lose situation for Louisville. They'll say, look what happened in Memphis. We, we, we should have known better. Yeah. But it's not Payne's fault. There, I mean, there'll be a little bit of that as far as like the whole, like I mean, if, if you the, took him knowing that this was possible and it blew up in your face. But... I think that will be that. Still, the conversation will be more about Bates than it will be about Louisville and Payne. I mean, the ones that will blame Payne will be the same ones that were, you know, retractors for Payne to begin with. That were like, you know, hey, we, why do we even bring this guy in? Are you I mean, doing retractors on purpose now? That one I did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people who don't know, who don't get the inside Trevor Lingo jokes, like they listen to like, do you say? Well, retractors? see, it's all new to them. That's well, what, that's why you got to do it. I mean, it's okay. new. Okay. Okay. But a lot of it comes naturally because that's. Man, it's just like turkeys flying. I really thought it was redacted. I mean, same thing, right? Texture says Amani <laughs> or Tyrese or both. Well, both, both. If you can get them. But Tyrese. But it, Tyrese yeah. is priority 
one, two, and three to me. Four, five, and six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. I mean, How high is this list going? Because that's where he's at. I know I, I, it sounds like I'm I'm overdoing this, and it sounds like I'm going off the deep end. I think he's really good. I thought he was really good before he was in the portal. I thought he was really good before I had a chance to uh, – before I knew that we had a shot at landing him. I think he's really good, and he plays a position that – and he has a skill set that we desperately That's, need. I mean, I, I, I mean, you, I might not think he's as good as you do. I think he is a good player. I mean, I, hell, I mean, I picked Iowa State in my Elite Eight. You loved Iowa State. I mean, I thought they were – yeah, good – I thought they were a good team to make a run, and if it wasn't for your damn Cinderella Miami, Florida, I would I would have gotten there. But – you know, I, but that said, I, while you may, I may not be as in love with him as a skill position as you are, I'm in love with the position, and we need that position, and more than anything, and that's the point guard position. Sorry, no, no offense, L. Listen, I like you, but Tyrus you, you need guard. it, yeah. He, anywhere he wants to go, even if you, you know, Ellis, even if you are into being the starting point guard, even if that happens, we need you, we have no other point guard on the roster. You're not going to play 40 minutes for every game. Yeah, we uh, we don't have another. Who's the other point guard we have on the roster? In the entire roster, do we have one? Who's no. the other guard we have on the entire? roster? I mean, we've got at least guys that you can like say could play guard, like Lands or 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 or, or uh, Devin Reese. But I mean, yeah, but point guard, no, nobody. And Ellis is still questionable when you put him there. I think also too. I mean, the only other guy that you would say is more of a natural guard than a wing is Mike James, and he's coming off of a a pretty bad injury. He yeah. just, he did share a video on Sunday of him dunking for the first time. And I think he said eight months, which is, is great that he's progressing that way. But you still, if he's just now dunking for the first time in eight months, you can't assume he's going to be ready to go full bore when they get into these, because they're allowed to start having one full practice a week. Once the summer sessions of school start, nice. I assume he's not going to be a hundred percent by that time. The hope with Mike James has to be that he's a hundred percent by the time they start full practice in, in September. But you can't bet. I mean, people come back from injuries differently. And also, this is a guy that we we still haven't seen. Like, we don't know yeah. how good. We've heard buzz about how he was doing in practice uh, last year. And that buzz came from people who also were saying that they, the coaching staff, that also thought that the team was going to be pretty good. <laughs> and they weren't. So how much do we buy into that? Was Mike James the only reason they thought they were going to be good? And when he left, everything went to hell. Maybe. I guess that's your hope at this point. That's but we've got I, no idea how good he is. That's from Kumai had to share an average, like, 20 points and, like, Nine rebounds. Chris Mack is like, I told you, mother. Like, like, we would have won 25 games last year if we'd had Mike James. When we realized if Mike James might get hurt, we'd still have Chris Mack. <laughs> there you go. Mike James gives, Mike James takes away. <laughs> Texture says, I feel like Trevor would get along very well with Meredith from the office. You know this, Mike. Well, that or no, me, Creed, and Kevin would be hanging out on a daily basis. <laughs> like, there, there's no doubt in my mind, we, us three would be, be just chilling. I agree with your Bates take, uh, Mike. Many people locally are overstating the player Imani Bates is right now. People need to realize he isn't the next Kevin Durant anymore, but he can be a solid college basketball player. That's, I mean, just based off of what I, and I don't know what Imani Bates is doing right now. I don't know what he's doing to improve his game this offseason. My concern is that he's with the same people that haven't been improving his game the last two offseasons. But if you look at it that way, than any sort of glimpse at the the player that we thought he could be a few years ago, if it happens next season for us, is a added bonus. Like, like if he does fulfill that potential, then I mean, hell, fantastic, wonderful. And if he's just a good college player, still we need good college players right now. We're, we won thirteen games last season. I mean, for starters, making calling him the next Kevin. If you thought you were going to get the next Kevin Durant, when there's been 
the Kevin Durant style player we've had two in the last what I don't know fifty years in the history of basketball. Him and Dirk Nowitzki. I get that there's seven footers that can play. I mean, the, can we stop doing that? By the yeah, way, like, I mean, like the I, I get that it's such an easy comparison for like a, anybody who's taller than six eight and who's skinny and who can shoot threes. But like, <laughs> we gotta stop doing that. It's I not mean, fair to the kids, and no. I, I understand why you make that. Co- and Durant's like, a legitimate seven foot. I mean, we, I, we did it with Malik Williams when he came out of high school. Like he he reminds you of the, the the style of play. I'm not saying he's this good, but it reminds you of Kevin Durant. Well, we just don't need we, we get it he can shoot threes he's tall he's skinny yeah but we don't need to put all those things together because it's not fair to like that it's not a that's not an achievable game for 99.9 percent of players who are above 610 again go you can go back to the history of the nba and we've had two of them he's a unicorn yeah it's like saying well he's he's super tall and athletic he reminds me of Giannis. well <laughs> probably an unfair comparison <laughs> Texture says, Trevor, I love the David Akers fanboying, but you conveniently left out that he was second team all decade, 2000s team. Vinatieri was first. Well, it's because Vinatieri sucks. I don't care. Vinatieri is just nothing but a, like a – what's the word? He's only propped up because he got to be on the Patriots when there wins. If you go into the stats, Akers was a better kicker than Vinatieri through his career. Plain and simple. Facts don't lie. People, people, Vinatieri's so clutch. Yeah, let's not forget the fact that he had to be clutch against the Panthers in that Super Bowl because he missed three field goals inside of 40 yards before that last one. He, he doesn't suck through that whole game. They don't even have to need him in the end of the game. I just want to see how long you were going to go. Yeah, Vinatieri annoys the hell out of me. Best kicker in NFL history. Adam Vinatieri, spit on you. Sexually, I love it when Trevor sings Acapulco. <laughs> Isn't that a country? I think it's a... It's a Vacation destination. Yeah, isn't that like Acapulco, like Tahito? not Acapulco. Tahiti. Is it near Tahiti? Tahiti's a country. Is Acapulco and Tahiti in the same place? Honestly, I don't know. The island countries. I like Mary will ask me all the time. She's like, "Where is?" They're all uh, down in like like uh, Jamaica area, right? I don't, again, she'll ask me like, "Where is?" It? And like, I'm like, "That's my geography maxed out there. I've got no idea." Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I know the names, but I couldn't tell you exactly where they are. I can show you where Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic are. And that's well, that's the, that's America. down by Cuba. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Texas says a, uh, a petting zoo and secondhand smoke. <laughs> you guys are looking focusing on the negatives, and you forgot about the asbestos in the stove. But that's the, the positives. Hey, Matt Cross hangs out over there. Yeah, I think that's just. By the way, I think his car's been parked out in the. I think he just left it there. Just, ah, just not making the trip with him to UMass. Doesn't need a. Doesn't need a car. Texture says, oh, no, you've started a trend. Texture just sent in a bag of Arby's and just says, damn it, Trevor. Did they go to Arby's? I uh, that or he just stole somebody's Arby's. Texture, what'd you get? Did you, did you go with the... Uh, Let us know, Texture. That delicious uh, chicken bacon uh, Swiss or maybe a slider, some roast beef, brisket, ham, turkey. I could keep going. You know why? Because they've got the meats. It's a thick menu. It's... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of versatility. Texture says the video of Curry draining threes from the corner was cool, but any video of him practicing draining free throws, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> me. That was the like, I, and I understand the reaction. It's a good was, text, actually. It was awesome that he drained six threes in a row from the corner. He shot below fifty percent from the free throw line last year, and he's a big guy who you assume is going to be back at the line a lot again this year. I, I agree. Let's get let's get the free throw stroke down. And then we'll figure it out from beyond the arc. Texture says remove kickers from the NFL. Uh, no. 
There's got to be somebody in, my little, in the little man's league, uh, fantasy league I'm in, who who have uh, the last three years have bought, banned kickers from our fantasy league. Every year I come out and I, I bring up the back to vote kickers in and I get voted out. It's ridiculous. Kicker. <clears throat> oh, you're upset now. Because no one understands how important a kicker is to a team. Well, that's like, why he wants them banned. It's not real. Yeah, football. because he, because his kicker probably sucks. Oh, boy. You have a good kicker, you'd be wanting good kickers. Like David Akers, the best kicker of the 2000s. The Arby's guy got turkey bacon ranch. Ooh, that's a good one. Don't act like you eat turkey. That's, that's, that's too turkey bacon ranch. That's now, too exotic for your taste. I mean, I'm a tur- I get turkey bacon, but not ranch. Yeah, you don't like ranch. No, hate ranch sauce. Love ranch, cool ranch Doritos. I'm a weird guy. Texture says Tahiti is in the South Pacific, right near Bora Bora. Acapulco is a Western Mexican city on the Pacific coast of Mexico. So yes or no? <laughs> didn't, it didn't help me really. Uh, Texture says Trevor didn't sink the blanket home, did he? No. No. Somebody who stole the blanket? Uh, I think they just threw it away. Still stole. Yeah. That sucks too because like, you sink up to miles in two days. Uh, Texas, the way he said Cuba was how a Russian spy would. We have not confirmed that Trevor's not a Russian spy. Are we still, do we still think that? <laughs> thought I got past that. <laughs> Cuba. That's what you thought. <laughs> That's what you wanted, Tommy. Uh, you know, oh, Keith is texted in. This is a KRC text. Oh, Keith is awesome. I love Keith from KRC. You know, Keith got married on a plane. No. Yes, in fact, they even did a story on it, like on, on like CNN or something. He sent us the video one time. He travels so much with his job, and his wife does as well, or his fiance at the time, that they actually got married, like in the first class section of like a southeast southeast western plane. That's incredible. And like the whole part wedding party was on the plane. That was the trip. It was awesome. It's a cool video. Well, Keith has thoughts about. He looks like Michael McDonald. There, like I don't want to. We're going to have to talk about this in the, the third hour. Okay. The, the John Calipari, the latest. I don't know if you saw T.J. Beisner kind of going ether on U.K. fans about this whole latest U.K. Calipari NIL stuff where Cal's like, we're not going to guarantee anybody NIL money. And everybody else in college basketball is like, cool, because everybody else is, so you're going to fall behind. Um, but U.K. football, on the flip side, this the, the pit player Jordan Addison, who was their best wide receiver last year, who people thought was going to go to USC, he's upset about Pitt not giving him enough or whatever. There's a report that UK football is offering him eight hundred thousand dollars. I thought Jordan Addison went pro. Well, he's he was considering it, but now he he's going back. To oh, I thought he. I was wondering why I didn't hear his name drafted. So, KRC text. If what you t- from Keith, if what you tweeted about UK football offering Jordan Addison eight hundred k is the case, is it safe to assume that not offering NIL commitments to a player isn't a UK athletics policy, but a UK basketball Calipari policy? Just want to take Mitch B out of the equation. I know football isn't on the same level as basketball, so different strategies. Okay, I got we got first 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 things first. If you think Cal isn't offering nils to recruits, then you're well. He's saying it. You're Keith, come on, dude. You're not that He's stupid. Saying You're it. not that stupid. He's saying it. I know UK buddy called me yesterday and was talking about like giving me the spill of how they lost in the South Dakota guy because Cal won't use nil That's to recruit. And I was like, dude, you're not that stupid. Well, man. there, I do want to talk about that. In a second if you hour, believe that, then you're come. I'm sorry. Cal <laughs> said some things, and UK fans have said some things. And I think everybody sort of believes. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. Third hour's coming up. Uh, more Monty Bates if you want to talk about him. Uh, the text line still has some some text out there. People have thoughts on Trevor uh, now that are coming up. A lot of Acapulco talk, a lot of Arby's <laughs> talk still out there. And I do I hate giving Kentucky this much attention, but they're making news uh, during this off season and there's uh, off season. So 
got to talk about what you got to talk about. So we'll, we'll discuss those and maybe a little uh, baseball preview tonight against Vandy. 6 o'clock first pitch moved up from 7 because of storms. Hopefully they can get the game in. It's on SEC Network. Uh, we'll get to all that good stuff. Coming up in hour number three, it's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Love former Illinois head coach John Gross. Bad is bad, bad. Leroy Brown, baddest man in the whole damn town. Badder than old King Kong. Meaner than a junkyard dog. Don't clap, you're throwing me off. (laughs) I'm with the rhythm, man. Five o'clock hour of the Mike Rutherford Show is here. Hope your Tuesday evening is off to a fantastic start and then you're off work. And headed home. Nasty storms apparently coming back in the area for the 85th time this year already. Did, did it rain earlier today? It did. Hey, shocking, uh, shocker, our power went out this afternoon. Oh I'm telling you, big generator won't leave me alone. Why have you not bought a backup generator yet? I don't know. So what happened this time was... You've only lost, I've known you in six months and you lost power 12 times. It's unbelievable. Like it it's, is <laughs> It's starting... And our neighbors, by the way, power on the entire time. That's it was so just... Horrible. The worst feeling in the world is when you go to the outage map and you see, like, customers affected. And today it was under five. And you're like, well, it's literally just us. And uh, what we found out happened was a branch had fallen on the power lines behind our house and knocked out the power for our, our, our neighbors behind us. And in order to restore it, LG had to turn our power off as well. Which, like, did they ask you if that was okay? No, but the, and that's the thing. I mean, like, I mean, what if you don't like your neighbors? Maybe you don't want to fall on the sword for them. I love our neighbors. Like, this is Mike uh, behind us, big Louisville fan. Love him. He's okay. great. Just making sure. But like, also, just like you know, courtesy knock. We've got three kids. We both work from home. Three kids at our house at this time. Uh, my niece is over at the house. Of course. <laughs> I know. We we had another one without telling you. <laughs> Let us know that, that, like, we're turning your power off. It should be back within 45 minutes to an hour. Like, let us know because instead, it was, like, pure chaos in the house. Mary's trying to put Virginia down for a nap. What time was this? This was, like, 1.30. And, like, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave here to come in here and film the, the quick spot oh, with yeah, Jay. Yeah, yeah. And Mary's put, trying to put Virginia down for a nap. Audrey, my niece, is, is my mother-in-law's over at the house today watching the kids. She's trying to put her down. And then I'm holding, hanging out with John, like getting him ready for a nap when Barry's done with Virginia. And then boom, like sound machines are off, like TVs are off, like we've got no power. Like the the alarm system that always starts triggering whenever, like the like that's going. It was just an absolute disaster. I can only assume LGD probably maybe thought y'all were like it's one thirty, maybe they're you know at work today, you know working maybe. At- Can't assume that in this day and age. I agree. You Everybody on our street, I feel like works from home, and. We do too. Like Mary's, Mary had a, a meeting that she needed to be on, and she couldn't get on because she didn't have, didn't have the internet. And so now I'm just assuming with these had, storms coming tonight, we're gonna lose power again. I'm just assuming oh, it's gonna be hot. I mean, nothing. As soon as I hear like storms coming, the first thing I do is make sure my get my phone charged. You have to because I mean everything will be relying on my phone because, like you said, even if I if 
if the internet goes down, I can at least use my phone for hotspot, and then then I can use my I can watch something on my phone. Yeah. So I've, yeah, that's the first thing I do. I, I thought I heard it raining early this morning. It rained this morning. Yeah, I thought I heard it, but then I went back to sleep because we we sort of mulled over potentially bringing the kids out to the track this morning because they have the dawn of the downs now where everybody can come. You don't okay. have to be on the backside. We did it last year with Virginia and it was fun. Um, but this year we are like, eh, it's, it's raining. It's, it's more for us than it is for them anyway. Virginia's got school. So whatever she made the hat. We're going to sell it for $2,000. It's going to be great. Uh, we, we have a few other things to get to besides the, the Imani base discussion, which we've we kind of talked about the last hour. We'll get back to the, the, your thoughts on the text line, but real quickly, if you missed the, the news already, Tonight's battle of the barrel game between Louisville and Vandy in baseball. Weather, they're expecting bad weather in Nashville tonight as well. So the first pitch has been moved from 7 p.m. up to 6 p.m. SEC Network has the TV coverage, so make it home. Catch the game. Hopefully they get it in, and it will be fantastic. Also, we have not mentioned this yet. How am I going to rush home? I'm sure listen to Sean Moth called anyway on the radio. Yeah, we love Sean. Uh, speaking of, Sean Moth gave me the Colorado Avalanche 96 Stanley Cup champions mug. I had to drink out of it this morning. The Lance trek to the cup starts tonight. They're going to sweep the Preds. It's going to be fantastic. Weren't they like your first year in Colorado when they won it too? Yes. Was it a first or second maybe? It was very early because I remember all the Quebec Nordiques fans were like celebrating and then some of them were like, no, this this feels wrong. I mean, it's kind of like the the Baltimore-Cleveland type scenario. Yeah, it was it was either their first or second year. Yeah, I remember it was very it was early. early. Like, because they won 96 and then again in 01. The 01 I remember being at Cardboard Heroes. They beat the Devils. Yeah. They've been kind of – and they've been kind of down as a franchise since then. And this is sort of their resurgence these last few years. And this is the year. This is the year that they've been building towards. Hey, your year in hockey. It's my year in baseball. I feel good about it. I mean, I'm excited, but NHL playoffs are unpredictable. I do love having, being able to have the game on, like as I'm falling asleep, because these games, puck drops like 10 p.m. East Coast, earliest possible time. And it's always nice to have it just to kind of fall asleep to. But then you get in the, because playoff hockey, why would you ever do drugs when you can just watch playoff hockey? Like it's. Well, I can give you a few reasons. Well, okay, you're the wrong person. That <laughs> I mean, there's no better overtime than playoff hockey overtime, where it's first, death. first goal wins, and just like you know, it's just scoring threat after scoring threat, and everything moves so quickly. It's just when you finally catch your breath, you're like, oh my god, like it's it's awesome. Like I I love the NHL play. Playoff hockey is the uh, the first sport to have a eight seed beat a one seed. Playoff hockey is the first sport for a team to come back from 3-0. Yeah, it's, it's the most unpredictable it's playoffs in major in baseball and basketball, but it, it first happened in hockey. But I'm excited about that. We've also got the official word today. Devin Ree, we had the commitment over the weekend. He officially signed his letter of intent today. Yeah, so Devin Ree, officially a Cardinal. We're officially. excited about that. Going nowhere, buddy. You're here. Have you seen – you mentioned Baylor Shireman, and that's going to lead us into the John Calipari discussion <laughs> from today. But Baylor Shireman, the South Dakota State kid, who everybody was after, committed to Creighton today. Oh, he did? I didn't see that. Yeah. He's going to Creighton. He looks like a Creighton player at the risk of stereotyping. I was going to say, what are you saying there? He looks like Dougie McBuckets, like yeah. a, a classic you know, size. This McBuckets played Complexion. Yeah. Yeah, but still. like he, he, You see the similarities in their game and their overall – Looks complexion, really. <laughs> he looks like a Creighton basketball player, is what I'll say. And he's going there. They, you know, uh, props to you know whoever is dropping the bag. I don't know if it's Warren Buffett or somebody else who's a diehard Creighton fan. Dropping in the Omaha, bags. right? They are. Yeah. Warren Buffett loves Creighton basketball. Getting stakes, maybe some stake money. I don't know. College World Series revenue. They they had a good year. They they're paying basketball players <laughs> now. Even <Damn> cattle. <laughs> but he goes there. 
And this has all led to, I think, because he cut Kansas, he cut a couple other schools, but the Baylor Shireman recruitment has led to more of a fracture amongst the Kentucky fan base. I love it. I love it too. It's been fun to follow. A Creighton player hasn't had this much Kentucky uh, impact since TJ banned Rob Doster from the show because he said Creighton had a better backcourt than Kentucky did one year. He was probably right. It was the year that Creighton's backcourt was good, but then like one kid got injured in like week one, and the other one got thrown off the team in week two for like drugs. And then he had to—I know exactly. Yeah, they can't. Well, it was a Kansas State transfer. I forget his name. Yeah. Yeah. So this has led to basically with with the Shireman kid because he cuts Kentucky from his list yesterday or two days ago, whenever that was, and it was kind of a uh moment we didn't recruit him anyway because when the story first comes out that he's transferring immediately the notion nationally is he's a kentucky lean his agent is a diehard uk Mm -hmm. fan um kentucky is you know they've they've put out statements the assistant coaches have to kyle tucker of the athletic basically saying we're prioritizing this kid we're changing our whole recruiting schedule around him like we want baylor shireman and then boom Kentucky's not even a finalist so the uk side quickly comes out and says, well, we backed off him. We, we, we pulled away. He was making NIL demands. That's not the way we do it. Boom. We're, we're backing off of him. We got the, the Reeves kid from, um, what was he from, Illinois State, Missouri State, some Missouri Valley program. He's coming. We're good. That's the way we do it. Everybody kind of rolls their eyes. Yeah. Even UK fans kind of roll their eyes. And so you've got 48 hours of the fallout from that, and everybody saying – some form of, of what we talked about yesterday, which is 12 years ago, John Calipari was ahead of the game. He had the, I mean, go back and read his comments when he talks about and not Kentucky becoming a non-traditional program. We're not going to do things the way that they've been done before. <clears throat> we haven't been doing them. We're going to continue to not be doing them the traditional way. That's the way it is. We're the gold standard. People can get in line and follow us. And to his credit, that's kind of what happened. They were ahead of the curve when it came to one and done. They were ahead of the curve when it came to roster construction. And sure enough, Duke sort of starts falling behind Kentucky in the cool factor and the it program factor and whatever other intangible you want to throw out there and starts doing more of what Kentucky had been doing in the first half of the Calipari tenure. More programs follow suit as well. Now, over a decade later, it kind of feels like Calipari is kind of looking like the old guy. Remember how when when Patino came here, he made – Denny Crum and Tubby Smith kind of look old. And then when Cal got to Kentucky, he kind of made Rick look a little bit old. And now I'm not saying Kenny Payne is doing this to John Calipari because Kenny Payne is not the only person playing the NIL game out there. But Cal's kind of sounding old when he talks about stuff like this. So he comes out today. And TJ Beisner, who I love and I hope joins our staff with, with Kenny Payne. Come over, TJ, to the good side. We'll welcome you with open arms. He comes out there and sort of addresses all of the UK fans who have been critical of the last 48 hours. Namely, I think I didn't listen to the show, but I heard KSR was was pretty critical. Probably not a coincidence that John Calipari's not going on the show and going on with Dan Issel and Mike Pratt these days. The <laughs> fracture is real, Trevor. It's all falling apart. Rome is burning. But TJ comes out and says, our basketball program has and continues to be ahead of everyone else. I know. I have these conversations with recruits and other schools. We just don't flaunt it on social media because we don't need to. It's Kentucky, the biggest stage for everything. (laughs) I kind of agree. I mean, come on. He goes on to say. Let me interrupt you, but let me come on. He goes on to say, 
Cal hired me, a non-coach, to his coaching staff for this very reason. We've done it better than anyone, but we will not guarantee money as an inducement to anyone ever, period, because we don't need to, and we haven't missed out on anyone because of that. No, you're saying this because it's a rule you're not supposed to. Are you doing it? Yes. And if you're not, you're a moron. And if you think you're not doing it, you're even dumber than that. So the the comments take off, and UK fans have varying opinions. And then TJ goes on to say, I probably should have talked to Cal before I tweeted, but now I just talked to him. Let me add his thoughts. And here's what John Calipari said. I've pushed for NIL for 10 years publicly, and no one is more supportive, which is why our players are making more money than anyone the right way. NIL won't hurt us and hasn't for any kid we've really wanted, really in all caps. If NCA or federal government makes changes, we'll adapt and continue to lead. Here's the thing. How makes it so easy to hate him sometimes? He does. I mean, seriously. When, I mean, just uh, just when I think you act like a spoiled little brat because of the Indiana situation, you just, you just go and top yourself again sometimes. Here's the thing. You ain't leading anything right now. No. Continue to lead? No. The days of leading ended in 2015. You've been behind on a lot of stuff. You haven't been to a Final Four since then. No one is looking at Kentucky as the cool program to be feared anymore. And I don't say that just as a rival fan. I say that as somebody who follows college basketball. Had a good year last year. You did. Lost the first round to a 15 seed. Two years ago, you won nine games. Year before that, I don't care what you guys say, how you want to spin it. You're one of the 35 programs that thinks they would have won the national title in 2020. You weren't going to do anything. Yeah, guess what we were too. Yeah, we, 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 can, we can say the exact same thing. Yeah. If you don't offer guaranteed NIL money to transfers. Or to recruits in general. You're going to keep getting shiremen. Well, you, you're going to keep getting shired. I'm glad you went that instead of Baylord. You're going to keep getting that Baylord. Been, well, I don't, you don't want to get Baylord. <laughs> we know That's a different verb for another thing. And it's so <laughs> interesting to me that his comments now, the, the extended comments that he made on Monday about how, you know, you don't come here for NIL. You come here for the program, for the player development, <laughs> yeah, for gonna... the chance to win a national title, for yeah. the fans. It's It flies in the – it's so opposite of what he was saying – when they were having more success 10, 12 years ago, which was basically, and it's not exactly what he said, but he essentially was saying to Kentucky fans, winning titles and competing for championships, it's secondary here. We're coming here to make you a millionaire when you leave. We're coming in here to make you, to give you the best possible stage for five months and make you the most attractive draft option possible. That's the goal here. Well, now you can make him the millionaire without even going pro. And he doesn't like it. We don't. We don't. What do you say? We don't, we we're not here to to make money. Or what was the statement saying again? What do you mean? He said we're not here. We you, we we're not here to, to. He said no one's more supportive of NIL, which is why our players are making more money than anyone the right way. I mean, you said that. Oh, you said well, you said Kentucky. They don't go to Kentucky to make millions. They go to to win or something like that. Isn't that what you just said a second ago? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you said a statement made me think. I was like, it's like me saying go to Arby's for a salad, not meats. I mean, it just seems ridiculous. He's just done a total 180 from where he was 12 years ago. Like the the programs that are going to benefit the most from this, and I I do agree with him that there needs to be some sort of NCAA or federal government change. But that's it's not happening anytime soon. This is going to be the wild west for the foreseeable future. I think if you don't adjust to this, you're going to get left behind. And Cal should know that better than anybody because we've seen coaches who have failed to adjust over the last decade who have gotten left behind. And to go from 12 years ago telling a fan base that cares about its tradition and history more than any other, maybe in any sport, 
that we are, quote, not a traditional program, his words, not mine, to now saying, trying to do the whole thing, you come here for the tradition. And I'm, I know I'm paraphrasing. No, that's what I'm just saying. Yeah, you come here for the tradition, not the money. That's you like, come here for the tradition, not the NIL, not the guaranteed, guarantees, whatever. It is. That's like that's like I said. That's like me saying I go to Arby's for a salad and not meat. That's and it's not also true. it's also not going to fly in this brave new world. And I'm not saying Baylor Shireman's going to make or break them for next year, but I am saying if you didn't do for him like the bare minimum, then you're not going to get these kids. If you want to know the truth, they Shireman wanted more than they probably were willing to give him as an in a nail deal, and he decided to go somewhere else that would get more closer to what he wanted. And it also like and if you're saying Kentucky didn't want him, that's not true. That's a, you're just your head's in the sand. If you think Kentucky doesn't use nil deals in, in recruiting, even though it's not supposed to, then you, you've got your head in the sand. If I mean, just wake up. And I know it's not Don't be such a sheep. It's not apples to apples when you're talking about kids who are already on your roster as opposed to kids that you're trying to convince to come to your school. But let's not forget Oscar Sheeway is not coming back for another year if he's not getting reportedly. $2 million in yeah. NIL stuff for next year. Of course. Don't act like you're not utilizing these new rules to some extent. And if you're saying, well, that's totally different than than going out and offering a kid from South Dakota State you know, 200K or whatever he was asking for. I don't know what the, the number was or what he even was asking for. I get it. But you also have to – you just can't use this thing where it's convenient for you. I don't really understand the difference between convincing a kid to stay with NIL deals as opposed to convincing a kid to come to your program with NIL deals. I mean, the this is line, what everybody else is going to the do. Bottom line is they didn't get the kid they wanted, and it's the CBJ King thing all over again. Well, we didn't – you didn't want to be – you didn't want we, we, you didn't, to you didn't come here? We didn't want you anyway. It is – it's all it's all strange. And it, it feels weird to see kind of Cal lagging behind and not taking advantage of these new trends, which – other programs are, uh, and you're seeing it every day. Like, like, And you're going to continue to see it every day. Now, I did see a story from Sports Illustrated like a half hour ago coming out and saying college leaders are planning to crack down on collectives, which you knew was going to happen, but you know how? Because technically within the well, framework, collectives, like, collectives are these, these groups that every college now has formed. Tennessee maybe is, is the most notable where they get all these boosters and, and notable people, and they form this group where everybody pools their money, and you can essentially – Pay kids. Yeah, that's been going on for decades. It has, but now it's out in the open. Like now we know that now it's no longer secretive. This junior quarterback that they're saying that the Tennessee Collective is giving like seven million dollars. You to mean come I learned the secret the knock to get into the Louisville Collective for nothing? It's been happening now. Now, now it's an open, open, open party. Everything's out there in the open now, and the collectives are <laughs> sounds like such a bad. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it sounds like the, some sort of evil force in Star from Wars. from the movie, yeah. It's like, we must fight the collectives. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's but, say it in my head. The collectives are doing exactly what we all knew was going to happen, which is not giving money for name, image, likeness. They're giving money straight for pay for play. Well, they, they, it's behind name, image, likeness, though. They pretend, I mean. They can, the, the, you know, it's, it's going to be. And that's why I'm saying. It's the gangster working at the dock, I mean. And I haven't, I haven't read the story from uh, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated. But my question, I'm sure even after reading it, is going to be like, how do you really crack down? Because legally, you know, they're they're playing by the rules, technically. Yeah. Is it very clearly a loophole that needs to be buttoned up? Sure. How do you do that? I have no idea. Like this is we all knew this was going to happen. It's happening. And now we've got no course of action because the NCAA has just been sitting on its ass and watching this unfold for the last five years and not doing anything. And 
that's why I, I get kind of angry when people come out like the the guy the the sports center anchor who I I don't even remember his name who made the tweet over the weekend about like you know we had people screaming you got to pay the players you got to make them let them make money off the name image likeness and now it's happening and there's no plan on how to handle this and it's the wild west well yeah but that doesn't it doesn't change the fact that it was wrong for players not to be able to profit if you're pointing the finger at anybody don't point the finger at people who were clamoring for this to happen for a long time point the finger at the NCA who knew this was coming for a long time fought it every step of the way, and then when it was obvious that the writing was on the wall that states were going to start passing actual laws to make this a thing, did nothing to create any sort of framework to try and govern this. Like They, I mean, they had years and years and years to prepare for this, and they did nothing. I mean, I point the finger at both. I mean, you, I, mean I, listen, I had to listen to Jay Billis whine about this for years, and then you look at Billis and go, well, then what's the answer? And he'd be like, oh, I don't know, just pay him. I mean, you can't. That, that was that was the part. Was that yes? It, it makes sense that maybe these kids should get paid for their name and likeness. But you, all the people who yes did cry and complain and, and, and preach about it, when you would sit there and ask them, okay, then how do we do this? They'd have no answer. They well, just want to give kids money. They would say that's, name image likeness, which is what's happening right now. But you're getting these these the collectives coming in, and then you and you then, had to have laws in place to prevent this, or bylaws in place to prevent this, and the NCAA did none of that. Well, I mean, the instability, but even, I mean, the fact that the government stepped in and was like, okay, we're going to allow you to do this. Well, are, what's the rules to it? Oh, we don't know. We're just going to make them pay. Well, I mean, the, the rules should be it's a free and open market. Like, this is. You've got to have, again, gotta have you some have to, guidelines, though. You do. And we and that's don't. The, that's the whole thing. Like, the NCAA, you're in charge well, of this. Well, you can also, the NCAA, as well as the, as the states that just made it illegal, made it okay without even thinking of the consequences around it. Be, what a shock there. What are you talking about? <laughs> the state, the, the law is different than the bylaws of the NCAA. Well, the NCAA doesn't really have a bylaw. The bylaws law too. are, because legally, this is straightforward. If the free market says you're worth $800,000, you're worth $800,000. If you are a musician who's an 18-year-old musician in, in college and you go out there and you can get paid $800,000 for a record deal, you make $800,000 for a record deal. That's the law. The fact that we, we said the only people in the, our world who can't do this are men's basketball and college football players was illegal for years. So th- making it legal is one thing. If you want to try to govern it, that's on the NCAA. That's this is within your realm. Like, if not, then they're just gonna you're gonna have people paid openly, like one point two million dollars. If somebody, some booster has money, I mean, and thinks did you not think that. the NCAA was against it because they knew there was it was it was you were gonna have this Pandora's box of of crookedness by allowing it? I, I don't give the NCAA enough credit to even be that forward thinking. I think that they're I just mean, I did. They had no plan of act. They wanted to maintain the status quo. That's what Mark Emmert's job was. He's a bozo, but he was trying to do his job. Everybody's oh, saying everybody's saying, you know, you got to keep amateurism. You got to keep amateurism. That's all we heard about. And then when it became apparent that this was very clearly illegal and states every state, whether it's a red state, blue state, whatever, was going to pass laws to to abolish all this. They had nothing to say. They had nothing to do. They just sat back and let it unfold, and they're still sitting back and letting it unfold. And that's why you need new leadership. You need new people who are going to try to have some uh, like idea, whether it's a salary cap or getting rid of these collectives some way, shape, or form. Like, something has to happen. They've just they've done nothing. And I think a lot of them like wants to see everything burn. Like they don't care. Well, the NCAA was against it to begin with. So I mean, I think that's why they're kind of showing, you know, hey, you just you stepped over us, made it okay, and then you just you you did it without thinking of your own consequences by opening that floodgate. Who's who's you? The America in general, yeah. Everybody besides us. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the laws were passed not because they care about the kids, but they want their teams to be better. I disagree with that. There's a, well, you can disagree with it a little bit, but not one hundred percent. I mean, you think you think 
You know, Gavin Newsom in California was doing this to, for USC football? No, but you think in Kentucky it wasn't? Well, Kentucky, of course it was. Okay. If Tennessee? You, in, in Kentucky, Florida, I think. Florida? Texas? It's every state, Trevor. Okay. Like, you can name every – like, <laughs> Wyoming, I don't think they care about NIL, but they've got NIL rules. Like, like this was – I don't think this was done just to try and make their the programs better. I think it was done because it's the right thing to do in most cases. Now, states that are, were worried about falling behind, sure. Poly- I mean, we can't get anything rational pass in Kentucky, but we got this pass in the snap of a finger. But it's the right thing to do, but you didn't do it without it. I mean, even though the NCAA is not doing it, I mean, if you're the states, this is the problem I had when it originally came out. I'm Listen, I've been, I'm not going to be shy. I wasn't a fan of the nil deal. And I don't, I'm not. I mean, I'm going to embrace it that it's here, but I'm not, I wasn't a fan of it. I think it's not, I don't I think it was a bad decision, but I mean, you just, you just, you can't just open it up and, and you know, that's what I'm saying. And you just threw it out there. Without any rules or you know, you know, what boundaries? other realm of American society does has those types of rules? What do you mean? Where you can only make you can't make a certain amount of money off of who you are as a person and what your skill set is. Well, this I mean, we're talking about what do you, what do you mean? What, do you mean? what I mean, other profession? What other faction of any form of American life can prohibits you from making money off of who you are and what you do as a person? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. And it should be legal too. So you agree? <laughs> you just said that. So you think prostitution should be legal? But I wouldn't but make making it, but money. College here's athletes. The thing, here's the thing. I wouldn't. I think it should be legal. But you just can't say, okay, it's legal. You've got to put rules and regulations around it. Again, that's what I'm saying, and, the, and that's on the NCAA. But that's but the NCAA didn't want this to begin with. If the, if so the, the states just said, it screw matter. you. They're both to blame. No, they're not. Oh yes, this was clearly illegal. The, the, the American the the legal aspect of this. People, I, I think, a lot of times. Cross these two lines way too much. If some, if you break an NCA rule, you didn't break the law. No, you broke a bylaw underneath the specific organization. If something is illegal nationally, which this quite clearly was, and every state has said the exact same thing, it's not on them to say these players need to be making money off of their name, image, likeness because that's quite literally how our legal system works. It's not on them to say, well, we've got to get rid of these. Cl-. That's why the NCA exists. To create some sort of bylaws under which college well, their bylaws said you you can't pay the kids and they were illegal, so they're gone. So it's on you to adapt, and they did nothing. That's on the NCA. It's not on states for for passing laws that are like obviously. Well, they, they, you, you're not saying they didn't for they just didn't pass it without any consequence, without thinking of consequences, or they just figured the NCAA would just do it. We'll we'll we'll, we'll make we'll screw up the mess and let the NCAA well, keep clean in mind, it up. Like, like people aren't dying. The <laughs> things that you're upset about are kids getting paid more money than you think they're worth. Well, I mean that's true. Like this isn't this isn't a matter where like they legalized all drugs and now we're seeing overdoses all across the country and you're like, well, you didn't think about the consequences. The consequences here are there's some shady people with a whole lot of money who are paying kids a significant amount of money under the table and fans don't like it because their players are leaving their programs. Like this isn't a, in the grand scheme of things, the, the, the anarchy in the country and the world is not because college athletes are suddenly making maybe no. more money than some of them deserve. It's, it, it's just kind of, it's a change. It's a seismic shift in the overall state of college sports. And I think some fans are upset Coaches are clearly upset. I get that it changes the way that you do your job, and they want some sort of framework under which they can operate that makes this a little bit more clean and easier to handle. But the overall sentiment is was is straightforward. Like you, again, there's no other kid who's in college who has a extreme skill, a skill that they can be paid a significant amount of money for performing, 
who can't get money for that skill. Like, it's yeah, like, but I mean, with what two percent of the kids in college were t- had the system taken advantage of them, well, ninety eight percent took advantage of the system. I disagree with that. Well, ninety nine percent take advantage of the system. No, <laughs> uh, you you always say that, and I, I don't well, know I where that comes from. Like, like it, it's they're no the, the NCAA is a billion dollar organization that was paying no money to the people doing all the heavy lifting. That's kind of world though isn't it i mean not really i mean i work at circle k it's a billion dollar company why don't i get more money well let's say that it's not saying that's right it's like saying <laughs> i mean it's like saying i beat cancer why would i want a cure for cancer like come on okay. like, well you, you you would have that opinion if you beat cancer you, you just well you got to beat it too i don't want a cure for it i'm well, that's not that's you're talking about disease opposed to a corporation though two different things still it's the no. same it's the same basic sentiment it, because i had to do it Nobody else should have a simpler solution or a better way of going about things. I'm not things. saying that. I'm saying you're just saying because one company makes billions of dollars that everyone around them should be paid, make billions of dollars. I'm saying if you, not everybody around them, I'm saying employees should be paid a, at least something Including, for a billion dollar industry. And college kids were paid as well before nil. Right? I mean, not nearly as much as what they were worth. Like that's well, no, no, the, the, the few and far, yeah, 1% weren't, but the rest you, were. You keep saying that. Like you have nothing to back that up. What? How, can, how many kids were who who didn't weren't impactful on their team were getting you know who get paid? It doesn't matter about you get impactful. To go to school. You have to have players. Stipends. The, I mean, I mean that, 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 that I don't know what you're talking about. Like this is I'm about reality. If you're the fifth best player on a team, you're no, you're not. If you're the fifth best player on a team like Louisville, which is making seventeen point two million dollars, it doesn't mean that you're not worth anything. No. But you're not. But you weren't. And one like you weren't getting. You know, you weren't getting actually. You were getting a scholarship deals. to college. Yeah, and you were also getting site. You were getting money in weekends and stuff. Which the free which by the way says, was way more than I ever had in my pocket when I was in college. What? How much money were you worth in college? Nothing. So the yeah exactly. Same for me. Much as usually the guys probably six through thirteen on the roster. That's not true. You have to have those guys to play games. They are inherently worth way more than you're giving them credit for. Um, or vice versa. No, no. Uh, Texas says Mike Trevor compared UK and NIL to him and Arby's. He's not capable of having these types of conversations. Uh, Texas says the consequences don't do anything to affect the state. If anything, it adds money to the states and the laws exist. Trevor, it was against the law for the NCAA to not allow them to make money. That's the whole point. Like it, it's a straightforward thing. Like, How's the state making money? What? How's the state make money off of it? I mean, he says if anything, it adds money to the states. I guess if you're going to fuel money into getting better players, then more product i don't know um not sure. <laughs> that's the question for the texter yeah. not for you texter make that up okay <laughs> uh texas my favorite comment from cal was that none of the players have transferred from kentucky have gotten drafted the first point is one will be drafted this year second has any transfer that has gone to ky gotten drafted well well i'm assuming jazang is the player he's exampling is being drafted after recruit after transferring out I mean, Johnny Juzang is going to be drafted, I would Probably, assume. I would assume. Did Kyle Wiltshire not get drafted? I think he went to second round. Because he was the best. If you're looking at guys that have transferred away from UK. I think he went to second round. I could be wrong. He was undrafted. That. Okay. I'm, I'm, I could have been if wrong. Cal doesn't throw out those states. Like, Cal has his talking points in order when he goes to bat. I, I'm For the just, most part. I'm going to take, yeah, sometimes he gets, well, you know, in games he gets, he gets kind of flustered. <laughs> I would assume if he said that, that it's true. But I can't think, like, he also hasn't had that many guys transfer because... The guys that he has had transfer, 
you've known that they haven't been good after two years? Because if you're still at Kentucky after two years, you're probably not. Let me say some guns that were good in college. You mentioned Wiltshire, uh, the kid that went to Michigan, uh, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, was, uh, and obviously Jang, those three. I mean, Jamal Baker went to Arizona and eh, had a whatever. Had a good start to his season and, and then got did injured. Nothing, yeah, yeah, pretty much disappeared. Yeah. I can't think of anybody. Well, the who's the point guard? Who Ryan Harrow. I mean, yeah, he ended had, up having a good college career, but I don't think he got drafted. No, I, I doubt he did. I mean, his college career was still kind of up and down after he got to Georgia State to begin with. And what's the point, like he, him saying? But I mean, who, yeah, who has transferred in? They got drafted. I mean, one of the one of your your best one on on, on paper is Oscar, and he's he knows he's he, he's come back to make more money here because he know he won't get probably he might get drafted, but he might not. They haven't. Yeah, I can't think of. And this is you know, I'm not a Kentucky fan, so Kentucky fans would know if you're. I mean, if you're listening, I'm text thinking, in. I'm thinking of, yeah. Let us know because I, I I know they've had some success with transfers, but I can't think of one who just killed it and became an NBA caliber player. I guess Josh Harrelson is the one that everybody brings up. I mean, he was a JUCO. He was JUCO. Had he well, got drafted? And, and and yeah, that was like the big success. But was he wasn't a Cal, Cal JUCO, was he? Wasn't he? Wasn't he there when Cal got there? No, his first. Yeah, because wasn't he? He was one Gillespie locked in the bathroom, wasn't he? No, that was a. Uh, it wasn't Josh Harrelson. I thought it was. He made the one kid walk uh, walk home. Harrelson lit us up in 2011, so he was at least there from two from 2009 to 2010 to 2011. So he, uh, I take it back. He was on. He played Southwestern Illinois for one year, and then he was there for Gillespie's last year. Yeah, he's the and one. Got, he's the one who got Cal. locked in the bathroom. Was he really? I thought that was somebody else. No, there was the, the big stories was the bathroom lock in and the walk home guy. And I can't remember who the walk home guy was. Maybe maybe I'm mixing them up. Maybe Harrelson was the walk home and the other kid was the bathroom. But I thought it was Harrelson was locked in the bathroom. Because that was SEC tournament, wasn't it? I can't remember. I just know. I mean, how can you forget a kid getting locked in a stall? I mean, I mean, I just, yeah. These are those are there are certain things that don't leave my memory. That's one of them. <laughs> Section says. You know how we never know what age TK is. This conversation is definitely 60-year-old TK. It is. Every conversation that you have, you're never 42. You're either 75 or 16. There's no in-between. When have I been 16? I mean, the sophomoric humor and uh, the, I guess, video games and eating ice cream at 2 a.m. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Constant movie watching. Yeah. Uh, Earlier today saying that you only like your mom's spaghetti. I mean, it's good spaghetti. Because she knows how to make it right. spaghetti. (laughs) <laughs> is definitely a statement that I would I only like beefaroni but only when my mom heats it up <laughs> I did I did used to think that like I once like my mom oh man that's the difference between heating it up and but like at one point when I was like in like fourth or fifth grade I, I vividly remember this like my my mom being like you can make your own beefaroni for lunch and I was like <laughs> I was like it's better when you do it I was like I swear it just it tastes different it's that extra bonus of not having done anything myself now I will I will say this on those grounds I couldn't. I've never been able to properly nuke a, uh, a baked potato, but my grandmother could. Baked potatoes are tricky. I, I've never. I have screwed up hundreds of baked potatoes trying to trying to nuke them. I the, never can get it right. I actually, I totally agree with you on this because the thing about getting baked potatoes just right is you have to. Like, I go on baked potato kicks, kind of like oh, I with do Arby's. Too. Yeah, I, I like them. Yeah, I'd have one for like a snack, like every day for a week, and you realize it takes. It takes a while to remember exactly how to do it just right. Yeah, because you want it soft. You don't want exactly. you don't have to where you're cutting it. It looks like it looks like a blooming onion, and it's like crunchy in certain squares. And but then if you like, like get away from it, you instantly forget. Like I'm like, oh my god, was it 
all the fork holes and then you get the yeah, fork holes. You have to get the paper towel a little bit <laughs> yeah. damp. And then is it like eight minutes on this side or is it five minutes per side? Like I just I always forget. Yeah, see, there's there's a way to heat uh, grandma and my mama mama Rutherford know how to heat up a baked potato. Texture says, Yes, I agree. Players should be able to get paid. I just don't like it. It changes the athletics that I love and follow. Like I I kind of like, I agree. I think that there is I don't like that we're getting away. And we talked about this last week. One of the things that I've loved about college sports and that I think even UK fans who have been supportive of the one-and-done era will tell you, like in an ideal world, the best-case scenario is you get kids for four years. Everybody stays for four years or at least three. You get to know them. You get to watch their evolution. You get to watch their reputation with their coaches bloom. Like They're your guys. Like That was, that was part of the reason why, at least for me, college sports I liked more than pro sports growing up. You didn't have to relearn the rosters every year. You had guys coming back. Yeah, but when we were growing up, you didn't have as much player movement as you did now, as you do now. Well, that's what I'm saying. When I, when I was growing up, I liked you had the same guys coming back. You had a, a few new freshmen to learn every year, but there was always continuity. I meant in the pros, you didn't have that much. Oh, well, I, I, I mean, think, you had some, but like what you have like now, it's not even close. Right. I mean, there still was but more of that in the pro sports. Than there was the a little ranks. bit, but yeah, but like you know, you had Pacers like my an entire decade of watching the Pacers, where it was almost the whole team the same team all. Yeah, I mean, you had stuff like, but like, I yeah. felt like I was always relearning rosters. Like, you are, you are too more, a lot more, yeah. And now it's, you know, free agency in college sports. It's basically like, I've stopped trying to keep track of who's going where. And like, when the season starts, I'm like, oh my god, like I can't believe he went. That guy was at Villanova three years ago is now playing in this random game that I'm watching of Montana State. Like, it's it, it's different, and I don't like it. But at the same time it's the fair thing to do. It's the equitable thing to do. Like, should there, do I hope that we get some sort of infrastructure from the NCA or whatever comes after the NCA? Yeah. I'd like to have these collectives that are somehow being able to pay four-star quarterbacks who are juniors in high school, $7 million. I don't think that should happen. But as of right now, it's, it's the wild West and it's going to continue to be, I still think even given, and I, and maybe I'm wrong about this. I, fully admit that maybe five years from now i say the exact opposite i still think the good in what's happening right now outweighs the bad but it's different it's going to be an adjustment and it's like people are gonna have to get used to it we're never anti-transferring though i was i've always i've been okay with the transferring the only exception is i wish there would be somewhat of a i'm not saying you have you, you have to deny it or block it but i would be okay with an approval of interconference transferring i think and that's happened now that's There's, that's the one like it, it, There's it, only one league that, that 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 bans it. It's the Big South, and they're about to get rid of it now. I mean, I'm not saying you would ban it. I'm just saying you should have to at least get an approval for interconference. Like, well, you don't now. I think you should, that's the only one I would be. I would put a little bit of restriction on. Oh, it. you you. So you're for the restriction. I'm for the restriction, not banning, but restrict. Like, just get an approval. And I think most coaches, honestly, are probably going to approve it anyway. You might have the one exception out there. Yeah, Jeff Walls is just taking all the best players from the ACC every but, year. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I'm saying. I'm not a big fan of the conference moving around inside your own conference thing. If you're a good player at Syracuse in women's basketball. You're finishing your career at Louisville. That much has been established. <laughs> Did like, we get another Syracuse girl? Oh, yeah. Did we, I missed the, that. The one a couple weeks ago. Okay. Like, basically, if we play you in the middle of the year and you light us up in the ACC, congrats. You're a Cardinal <laughs> next year. You're going to have a chance to go to a Final Four. Good work. Uh, Texas says, Trevor, why can't an 18-year-old get paid for taking pictures for a magazine company, but he can go fight in the military? I mean, I, I don't think you should be 18 in the military. I think you should be 21. There you go. If you want to know if you want my answer to that? <laughs> Texture says my microwave has a potato button and cooks them perfectly each time. I want your microwave. 
Mine has the uh, popcorn button, but it's horribly off. I've, I've never to this day used the set. You button. shouldn't, because like, if you use, I, if you use the popcorn button, it's burnt like ten percent into the. It, it, it tries to pop popcorn for like twenty four minutes. Honestly, I can't even tell you now. Granted, I need a new microwave because like my, I can't even like the two is like you got to press it at the right angle on mine now. But like I remember the old school microwaves that had like yeah had those set buttons. You had baked potato, popcorn, like pot roast, yeah, like defrost. Uh, I mean, like I never to this day knew what those times were and said I've never used one. There's always like one random up there too. It's like duck a la orange. Like, <laughs> it's always there. What am I? Why am I microwaving duck? It's not happening. Texas, I'm just picturing. I'm just picturing Trevor eating a baked potato with zero toppings and unpeeled. Oh no, I'm butter cheese bacon. No sour cream? Ugh. Oh, you can't have a baked potato without sour, sour cream. Sour cream is disgusting. What? Yuck. You don't like sour cream on anything? I hate sour cream. So your mountain nachos last night didn't have sour cream no. on No. I've told you my issue with Taco Bell when I get to uh, the Chalupa, and I tell them no sour cream. And one time I came home, and this was aggravating, because Chalupas aren't very cheap, by the way. I had like three of them, and they all had sour cream. And what happened? Each dog got their own full Chalupa. I didn't want to eat. I could. I couldn't eat it. It was oh, disgusting. Trevor, you don't have to say those things. Well, dogs well, shouldn't be eating full chalupas. Well, mine are okay, but Sally's a little chihuahua. That was probably a little bad. Well, you don't like Sally anyway. You're, I like. Sally. You're actively trying to kill her with talking. No, about. I'm not trying to act that. I'm actually grown to like Sally a little bit. Texture says uh, the texture who asked the question about the 18 year old. Not going to lie, good bleep with that answer. <laughs> I mean, Texture says the real issue that people are upset with with all this NIL stuff stems from the NCAA making a new transfer rule that coincides with NIL that practically created free agency. So the NCAA is to blame. I agree. I, I think this would be totally different right now if the the transfer rule hadn't happened. Because like, now you have, I mean, if you had to sit out, dramatically changes the game. It also dramatically changes what people would be willing to offer what schools would be willing to offer mm. or boosters would be willing to offer now is the one-time deal is that in in perpetuity it's forever right i think at this point like like originally it was just because of the covid stuff. covid yeah but now you get the the one-time transfer and the ncaa also that they, they're not doing it themselves any favor if they're trying to enforce that anybody who applies for a waiver for the last two years has just it. been grant like it's been like a rubber yeah, stamp and besides poor tyler sharp who wanted one more year <laughs> because he played nine seconds at louisville and they're like no whatever uh texas says six-year-old trevor's about to tell us girls have cooties too and then ask for mom's spaghetti 16 not six <laughs> he's not that young i was even six-year-old trevor didn't think girls had cooties texas says, trevor, trevor was playing doctor at six with the with the girls that was Zachary taylor elementary texas says trevor why can't an athlete transfer in conference if coaches can well first of all coaches are employees they're not it's a little different scenario they're also grown 50 year old men uh, second, I didn't rule that players are employees. And, and second, I didn't say you couldn't. I just said that I think there you, I would rather there be a ask for permission in conference, but I don't think, again, I don't think there'd be, I mean, you'd be one, if you went to 30 coaches, maybe one or two would be like, no, I don't want my kids going in conference. There's only been one in college basketball this year because yeah, every I mean, other, more often than not, they're not going to, they're not going to stop it anyway. And you know who it is? Unfortunately, it's my Campbell camels. Is, they tried and they just, they relented today. They're going to allow the the kid to transfer, and the Big South is going to be the last conference to get rid of the you can't transfer in conference without permission. Like I, now, it's because that rule's gone. I guess honestly, I do, I I don't want to say even be in conference because in, in in situations like the ACC where Louisville only plays Virginia on one side, that would be. I, I guess I, I shouldn't just say conference because if someone's going to go from Louisville to Miami, even though it's in conference, Louisville's not going to play Miami at all. 
very, I mean, once whatever, what eight years we play them. Yeah, I mean, that's that's that that's a little different. Then I should then there really should have been a restriction. And I'm not just saying the old you can't schedule, you know, can't go to someone on our schedule because out of conference schedules are willy nilly. I just that's where I would do it with the conference thing. Um, Texture says Cal is the Dabo of college basketball. Ooh, that's not a bad. Yeah, I mean, actually, he goes from players first. Dabo, the Dabo of college basketball. Dabo's one a little more though, right? Oh yes. Plus, it was a little tougher to win at Clemson the way Dabo than it is winning at Kentucky. They're both done. the The peaks of their careers have both come and gone. I, I've, I, I said this in the middle of last year. Clemson runs over. It's you did. You claimed it's it. done. It's done. Are they, they going to start bringing in transfers? No, because Dabo sucks and he's behind the. He, he's done. He's lost it. He's he's flown too close to the sun. He his deal with the devil that allowed them to have every. Like good kicker missed twenty eight yard field goals in the last seconds against them. That had us have guys just step out of bounds or not finish goal line stands because we won't run the ball like or throw the ball last year. Um, <laughs> it's done. Like that that deal's over. They're gonna have good seasons. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna continue to have nine ten win seasons. But the days of them being perennial national title contenders, it's over. Just he ran out of quarterbacks from Georgia. He did. It's over. Texas nobody argues against actual facts more than Trevor. It's it's one of the things that I like most about him. I don't understand. I, I'm the one that gave you the facts. <laughs> Texas says Cal's NIL statement is like a used car salesman saying they have another interested buyer coming in to look at that car that afternoon. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Texas says Michael McDonald mentioned on the show, I'm going to I'm gonna yammo burn this place to the ground. <laughs> Keith the Texter, he looks like Michael McDonald. You love Michael McDonald too. Uh, why wouldn't you love Michael McDonald? The voice. The voice is awesome. Texas says Bronny to the Ville. <laughs> and then right, write it down. And then right, it's done. Right before that, he said, "I'm with Trevor. No sour cream." Thank you. Come on, people. Sour cream is disgusting. I like sour cream. You would. Texas, I just, <laughs> I just shortened the length of time you can enter the portal for the one time. Maybe, man. I don't know. Like it's a, it's a complicated issue to regulate. I, I do think that there, the portal time needs to be. They got to do something with that. I, I like putting the May first date, but it's not going to mean anything now if kids are just going to get waivers. Like that's, it, it's going to defeat the purpose. But the NCAA, I think, is kind of working against something. It's right up there with the uh, the trade deadline in baseball. Exactly. Is there anything? More? Everybody's like, we got to get this I've before the deadline. I've never understood like, anything more pointless than the trade deadline. Every in year, I say the exact same thing. <laughs> where I'm like, they're like, oh no, the Reds didn't make any moves, and then like two days later, like, oh, they traded Jay Bruce. I'm like, well, it's the only sport, by the way, you can do that. Like, you can't. An NBA and silly. NFL is like hammer down, no more trades. Texas says, come for the Louisville sports news. Stay for Trevor telling you that he feeds his pets chalupas. Hey, it's not only when they put. First of all, they're not getting the whole chalupa if it's done right. I mean, that's a given, okay? Now, when you put sour cream on it, yes, the doggy gets chalupa. I should be praised for that as a great owner. Like, I spoil my dogs. How am I getting, like, black sheep for this? Texas says, what <laughs> facts, Trevor? Is it not against the law that the NCAA won't let them legally make money? It's not against. You read that slower. He said, what facts, Trevor, is it not against the law that the NCAA won't let them legally make money? Is it not against the law? What do you, I don't know what you mean. He's saying, was it not illegal when the NCAA was not like letting college players make money? Well, I mean, it's their own, it's their, their organization. They can, they don't want to, you don't want to be in an organization and don't be in an organization and that's their rules. But so you disagree with all the states that said it was illegal? I mean, they were getting paid though. 
they <laughs> they were not. They were not. Oh, they were so not. So kids weren't. Get, you know, you they wanted. You want more money to the kids. You're telling me. You tell me a kid on scholarship a did scholarship not scholarship and a stipend is not making money off your name image likeness. Oh, I'm sorry. So they, you just admitted they were getting paid then, right? They were getting a stipend. Uh, that, that's not making that, money. Is off that your getting? Name. Is that getting paid? No. It's not money. Not, not in the salary way if for an employee. It's not an employee benefit. No, no. The bottom line is a stipend is getting money. Therefore, I either get it was paid. against the law for them to make employee wages. They were getting paid. So do you? Will you not answer the question? I did. No, they, you didn't. So do you think you think that was the only? You're saying the NCAA wasn't paying them. They were paying them. They weren't paying them a legal wage. That's the whole point. Who's determined what a legal wage was? Minimum wage? Were they not getting an extra five fifteen an hour? The courts all have said the exact same thing. You're the most stubborn person I've ever dealt with. Well, you're sitting there telling me they weren't getting paid. They weren't getting paid. On one side of your mouth, and the other side, you're telling me they were getting a stipend. You can't have your cake and eat it too. So your point is, you think that's all they deserve to be paid? Because there's a cap on a stipend. Well, there should be. There should be a cap on nil too. That was one of my big. So you don't think you thought? So your stance is that. They only deserved a scholarship and the standard stipend that all normal students would get with that scholarship. Yes. Okay. So you don't think they deserve to make what they were worth on the free market? There will be unfortunate problems with the, yes, again, one or two percent so, of those kids were getting taken so advantage why of. Do you think that the rest a, of them weren't. Hold on. Why do you think an author who's 20 years old who puts a book out there is able to make, you think they should not have been able to make millions of dollars Listen, off of a book? If that's little Johnny, the point guard, wants to write a book, then go write a freaking book. Okay? No, not the point guard, normal <laughs> students, an author, like a gifted musician who puts their music on YouTube but is also a college student, was able to make money is off that of that. Is that college student on the scholarship under, under the rule of being with Sure, them? in this case, they would have been then allowed to make not. money. And maybe he's not. I so you know. thought a, a person who's on an English scholarship who writes a best-selling book that's on the New York Times, shouldn't have been allowed to make the money, the proceeds off of that. They should have gotten their stipend because the school's paying them that. Is he going to still stay in school after they write that book? Yes. Are they are, really? Sure. Why? To get a college degree. What do they need it for? They just made millions. Maybe the kid wants a college degree. Okay, well, the kid can go to the NBA and come back and get his You're not answering the question. Do you think that he did. No, do you think that he deserves the money that the book makes? Yeah. How is that different than what you're talking about with with the with college? He wrote an players. individual book. He's not a part of just. You're you're talking about individual things opposed to just groups of people. Well, again, I've already stated there are going to be some that unfortunately the system took advantage of. Again, like this is. But that's one or two percent. But why is every other element of human existence able to make money off of who they are and what their skill set is besides NCAA basketball and football players? I mean, the, the, the person who puts out the book, the, the publisher is going to make more than them. Is that fair? Who, it, you're, that's a non sequitur. That's a no, small that's, argument. That, no, that, I, you're taking apples and oranges. So can I? No, you're not. We're talking about this individual person. They're a college student. They're on scholarship. If they're a musician, if they're an author, if they have a YouTube channel that makes a bunch of money, there's nothing that prevents them from making money off of their skill set and who they are. That's the whole point. They were getting paid though for their skill set. They were not. And if they wanted what more money, free money was the free market was. Well, that's why they go to the NBA. That's why they go to play they in Europe. They can't go to the NBA until they're 19, some of them. Well, that's the NBA's role, not colleges. Well, that's the whole thing, Trevor. And they can go play in other leagues. They can go do something else. They're still making money. Texas says, so every pro athlete should make the same set amount of money no matter what their skill is. That's pros, though. Texas says, Trevor sounds so selfish right now. <laughs> selfish. Texas says, stop Common talking sense. about this with Trevor. He can't handle this. Texas says, you can enter the media portal. Where do you go? I mean, I better get paid. Exactly. Texas says make universities pay the portal price. You have to pay to get in the portal. Make universities pay the portal price entry. What's a portal price entry? 
You have to. I think you do have to pay to get in the, to put your name in the transfer. Do you? Program. I mean, you have to pay to enter the draft. You have to pay to transfer schools. Period. Uh, Texas says it wasn't on paper. Texas says is NIL taxable income? I would guess so. I think it has to be. It has to be. Everything's taxable. Texas says, "Oh, plumby bro, one. This is just what we need." <laughs> Texas says, "How be a KRC Texan, right?" KRC text about Big Blue Madness. This is perfect for five fifty-five. Oh, God, Big Blue. Madness. How you change Big Blue Madness? I mean, come on. Like the the Midnight Madness stuff is done. You guys, you guys have to stop acting like this can come back and be what it was fifteen years ago. Uh, Texas, how you change Big Blue Madness is to have a full-on, no BS, legit defense. Defense five on five. The whole throwing full court passes, jogging back on defense is complete utter poop. I understand it's to protect the players, but no one cares about these little competitions. That's the only text that's been older than your comments today. Is wow. The, well, I'm, I'll tell you right now, if that's the case, Plumlee Brother probably hates watching the NBA. I mean, that's what it is. It's like watching a big blue madness. Texas says, My life is complete now that Trevor responded to a text. I also got Arby's twice this weekend because of Trevor. <laughs> Damn it, I deserve a fee. See, where's my side? Where's my, where's my share? You should be able to get one if they're going to pay you. Did people want to pay you? By your standards, Arby's owes me millions right now. If they (laughs) determine that you were worth it, then yeah, they should pay you millions of dollars. I got them right there. I don't think they give you, I don't think they're giving you any of that money. I think the NHL owes me money too for wearing their shirts and promoting their stuff by that standard. If they, if they could prove, you could prove that you made money for the NHL, I'm sure they would be legally obligated to pay you money. Buying the shirt makes them money, doesn't it? Yeah. Technically, so therefore I made the money. How does that? Ma- well, no, you're just <laughs> you're giving them that money. Well, by your definition, I, they made money, right? What? They made money. It was my money, but they made it that you paid. I want them. it back. <laughs> I want a part of it back. I made the money. I made them fifty dollars. I have no idea what you're arguing. Actually, <laughs> it's not your money, Trevor. So why do you care? Ah, just do. Just do. <laughs> just not really no reason oh we got because stu- stupidity annoys me <laughs> me too uh texas is all right nick i know this can get a little awkward sometimes for oh this chaos is ksr text that's like the third one we've got today k oh wait ksr or krc both all right nick i know this can get a little awkward sometimes for you but i gotta say ksr has always been my favorite kentucky sports show but you guys are about to take over if matt doesn't stop whining about cal not saying i don't agree with some of the things he's saying but it's just like come on man why be so negative <laughs> We're going to have a top five team next year. And on the football side, we have a QB projected in the top 10 in all mock drafts. Like, can we please be a little more positive? Drives me crazy. Like when Peter goes to Congress. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I got two words for you. Oh, all Senator, right. I, don't know, I don't know if it's cigarettes that killed her or the alcohol, all the dollar bills you shoved down her throat. But what I do know is it wasn't smoking. <laughs> I love that tug. I'm telling you, they're split. Rome's burning. Faction's nope, over. coming down. Cal's, Matt Jones is coming after Cal. I mean, he's already hated him before. Well, yeah. He wants to take him out. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one comment. Uh, Texas, so Trevor, you wouldn't pay Sidney Curry to be on the radio for an hour? Probably not. Usually the kids are not very good on the radio. I'm, I'm not going to push back on you on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and it's not their fault. It's just they're, they're, they're smart enough no, not to be any good on the radio. Or they just don't care. That too, yeah. Like you talk. I mean, there's no. I mean, you, honestly, we kind of. I mean, for for a small part of me, would be great if they were open and they they were more like free, like I am in terms of talking. But it's bad for the program. It's bad for the program. Yeah. So college kids also like, especially like college athletes that in areas where they really care about college sports, you'll never find like more. I mean, there's not all of them. I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but a lot of them 
have the biggest egos and they just like anything they have to do dealing with people like me and i get it i wouldn't want to deal with me either if i was a 21 year old god on a college campus yeah i mean they just like they're you just just reeks of like you suck i'm the man why am i even here talking to you let's just get this over with with this with as few words as possible and i get it but it's it's why i think a lot of times college athletes when they go on radio shows like are not the best they're very very close mind they're very close to the check keep it close to the vest and you've got it's like you get a lot of yes sir no sir answers which you know again you're what you're, you want as a fan yeah as a fan you kind of want it but you don't want yeah i mean it's this is what it is there are i mean except i mean i'll say one of the biggest exceptions i co-hosted the show with damian lee the year after he graduated dude was awesome like super well, graduated though too though yeah i mean I, yeah i guess it's a little bit different when you're but like even there like like having that stature like he was just really forthcoming, but most of the time it's like pulling teeth when you get yeah. a cut to try and get like something substantive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas said Russ Smith would have been great on radio talking. Yeah, he. W- I mean, Russ was great because he always said what was on his mind. Like yeah. he just there was zero filter, didn't hold back, and that was also what. I mean, I think, we loved Marshall Henderson and down at Ole Miss for the same reasons. Did we? I didn't love Marshall. <laughs> I mean, except until until like he said something and then they got mad at him. He's like, it was a social experiment. Texas says, yeah, I know. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> At least he didn't say he was hacked, okay? Come on. Can we give him props on that one? Texas says, uh, there are a lot of people with lengthy Trevor responses. We don't have time to get to those. Oh, do I, am I going to do a lot of typing in the car tonight? Probably. Trevor is never going to comprehend this. So if Mike's son gets a scholarship for basketball, then the NCAA would say he cannot make money by being in commercials for the radio station. However, if he had an accounting scholarship, the NCAA would not have a say. That's the whole point. Agreed. There you go. Um, this uh, your son. Your son. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, your son, <laughs> baby, baby TK. Yeah. Another texture has like five paragraphs. I, I'm sorry. I five love you. Paragraphs. I can't read this whole thing. Did I really open up that Pandora's box to people? People really want you to to see their viewpoint, and you're just like you're not going to. I no. I see their viewpoint. I, I see your it. viewpoint. I, I just don't you, agree with it. I don't think you do based on your responses, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll move on real quickly because we always do this. I know it's already six oh one. Cards baseball taking on Vanderbilt. Give us a prediction. Pain for Vanderbilt. Pain for Vanderbilt. I'm saying cards 11 8. Uh, Bucks, Celtics, 7 o'clock, TNT. Game two, Milwaukee two. leads the series 1 0. Celtics tied up. Bucks up 2 0. This is a tough one. This is the one series I can't I can't predict. Oh, I think every NBA prediction I've made has been wrong. At I the mean, end of this show. If you go back and listen, well, I, think, I think I was right yesterday, didn't I? You were right. I missed both. Cover, yeah. Uh, last one, Warriors, Grizz. I know you're all over the Warriors here. They lead the series 1 0. Uh, Warriors go up 2 0 in this series. I think, I think Warriors sweep. I really do. I've said five, but I, I said sweep a week ago, and I moved it to five just to be nice. But. So I said Warriors and Bucks, so lock it in. Celtics and Grizz, they're going to win tonight. I, I literally have been wrong. I said one what's last the line, was like, What's the line on the games? Uh, Celtics minus four, so Warriors minus two. Take take take, take, take Celtics straight up, but, but Milwaukee in the points that they're getting four. And the other one was what? Uh, Warriors minus two. Take the Warriors. They'll cover that. It's going to be close, but they'll win by five at least. Quick programming note before we get out of here. Tomorrow, yeah. the Bats are playing at, what, 130? 135 first pitch. 135 first pitch. Yes. So, I mean, unless they play this game in 60 minutes, which is not going to happen, we will be delayed getting on the air tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll be on at some point, but keep an ear out. I'm sure I'll be posting updates on Twitter, but we will be probably, I mean, almost certainly, not on the air right at 3 o'clock, but we will be on almost certainly at some point go bats go reds go avalanche go i guess warriors whatever bad bad libo and brer we'll clap back, for me we'll be back tomorrow at some point everybody enjoy your tuesday give night. me the clap give it to me come on 
Oh, come on. Well, I got better rhythm than that. You Tourette's. Me Leroy shooting dice, and at the edge of the bar 